What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. <clears throat> and action! One hundred percent action. How you guys doing? Oh, we are doing good. Are hey, you good? You ready? You ready to do this? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, I'm in podcast mode. You're in podcast mode. Just drink some Mountain Ups, please. I'm ready to go. <laughs> getting getting geared up, fired up. I'm hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> hopped up on Mountain Dew, Uncle Chip. Nate, how you doing, man? Good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Good. Because we're recording. I know. Oh. I didn't know we were live already. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we okay cussing on this podcast? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. There is, there is no... Uh, what's PC? PC? Yeah. What, what Politically is correct, man. Oh, it gotcha, matter. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It All depends, right. though. If you're going by South Park's definition, it's something else. Yeah. yeah I was a little worried what PC <laughs> was going to be, but... No, we're good, dude. Are you good? I'm good. All right. Let's I'm good. This. So... Nate and Chad, we're sitting at Kuyu today. Uh, usually, we're coming live from West Coast Archery, which is mine and Anthony's pro shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's where we get to go take our bows, get all our stuff, get our arrows worked out, everything figured out. Uh, today, I had the opportunity, got invited up here to come up here and speak with you guys, instead of you guys coming all the way to Petaluma. So, I'm pumped. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Oh, yeah. You know, and you guys taking the time out of both your lives to meet up with me and listen to my bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Or I guess answer my bullshit, right? I love it. Anytime we get to talk hunting, fishing, outdoors. Right. Any of that stuff on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, finally. Yeah, I know, I know. We've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, we finally get to share mine and Nate's hunt, our hunts from last year. We had some epic ones. Right? We haven't talked, I don't think we've talked about them on any podcast. No, no. Yeah, so. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. I'm excited, so... First, I mean, I guess Nate, do you want to just? Uh, you've been on. You were on podcast seventeen with us. Was it seventeen? It was no. podcast seventeen. I think we're now at like eighty four. That's, awesome. that's cool. Eighty six. Yeah. We're you know just chipping away. I think the last time we spoke with you, oh God, what were we talking about? We were the. You were talking about the knife getting released. Uh huh. That was coming up. Yeah. Which knife was it? The mountain scalpel. Ah. Yeah, the mountain scalpel. Nice. And flipping boats in Lake Sonoma. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. I remember that story. Uh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I guess for anybody who doesn't know, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. So my name is Nathan Creech. Um, I'm the owner and sole employee at Kestrel Knives. <laughs> it's a big yeah. company. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. They always uh, email or call and, and ask for marketing or sales, and I just give it a little pause and then I say it's hello. <laughs> He's here. Yeah. Hello, this is Nathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, uh, I make, make and design knives for all the hunters out there. And in my spare time, I go hunting. Mm-hmm. How long has been, how long has Kestrel been? Uh, so I started Kestrel in the late 2011, um, but didn't go full time until, I want to say 2015. 15, like mm-hmm. halfway through 2015. Nice. Um, so yeah, I've been full-time now for a few years and 
Um, it's awesome. I, I love what I do. I love that I'm a part of the hunting industry. Never thought that I would have got into it the way I did, but mm-hmm. it's awesome. And, right. And never would in a million years thought I'd be a knife maker or have a knife company. But uh, thank you to Jason for pushing me to chase my dreams and helping me out. That's so, so cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's big too. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, Chad, how you doing? I'm doing good. I am Chad Mendez. I recently retired from the fight game. I've been competing since I was five years old. Started wrestling five years old all the way up through college. Uh, day after graduated college, moved up to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Jumped right into the fight game. Um, had my first pro fight after about three months of training. Yeah. And uh, did that for about 11 years. Um, you know, grew up hunting and fishing. I started doing it when I was just, you know, probably as long as I can remember, four or five years old. Yeah. With my dad and my brothers and, and grew up doing that. Have a huge passion for the outdoors. Um, but yeah, I just recently retired. I started um, a, a business called Fins and Feathers, me and a good buddy of mine, where... Um, we basically travel all over the world and take clients on really cool, unique fishing and hunting trips. And then we add uh, different celebrities that also love the outdoors, love hunting, love fishing onto the trips with the clients. So they get to make it a kind of a new, unique experience um, outside of just having a really cool trip, like whether it be a hunt or a fishing trip. But um, yeah, so we launched that 2015 and uh, just been growing that the last couple of years and now like I said, done with the fight game and doing all the hunting and fishing stuff full time. So life has been good. Just um, I got got our first child on the way in less than two weeks. Right. So, so mama's cool. looking. She's she's getting big and ready to pop. But uh, Uncle Nate's gonna be able to throw some tips at you for that. I know. One. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nate's yeah. got his little boy. A little bit ahead. Was he f- eight months now? No, he's uh, he's eleven months. Holy turn! I know. Dude, it goes so I fast. Know. It's like a year just went. <laughs> yeah. What the right? heck? But wasn't your kid at the Mountain Academy last year? Yes. And like a Kuyu jumper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Kuyu onesie. That Kuyu onesie. I took, I took uh, two of my 97s and had my mom turn them into onesies. So <laughs> I thought, thought that would be cool. I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. I, I got to steal that idea. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so right. How Are you excited to be a dad? I am, man. I'm, I'm nervous as hell, but... Are you having a boy or a girl? We don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, he's know. going full dude, surprise. I find you <laughs> for that, dude. So, uh, it's, That's yeah. rad. We figured there's not a lot of secrets left in in life or surprises. I mean, as far as an adult goes, so we're like, let's let's see if we can do it, at least for the first one, you know. Yeah. But uh, so far, so good. We don't know. I'm I'm predicting a boy. You think Just, boy? Yeah, right there, yeah. right now. See, I thought I thought girl for the longest time. I think the last like month, I for whatever reason switched to a boy. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I think we did the the 40 imaging, and to me, just. Hopefully it's not just like a really manly looking little girl. <laughs> it looks like a little boy to me in the face. So. How did you guys not see anything in that 4D stuff? They they, they tell you to look away. Out. Yeah, uh, they look away till they find the head, yeah. and then they just keep it right keep there. They cropped out the interesting. Penis or, well, they only yeah. screenshotted the, the face. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. <laughs> but they they obviously know what it is, but we just told them we didn't want to know. Yeah, yeah. But no, no baby reveal. No baby reveal. No, no. If you were, if you would. If you guys would have done a baby reveal, just I want to ask this because everybody <laughs> does crazy shit for uh-huh. baby reveals. How would you guys have done it? Like, Dude, I don't know. And that, that's why I say I'm not really a big fan of those. I think they're kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but, I agree with that. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just recently saw one where a guy like up in the foothills, I think it was in California, he like lit off Tannerite. 
and it lit the whole mountain on fire. Started the fire, yeah. He's like getting sued by the uh, state so for like two million dollars <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. fees God. for what it costs for the firefighters to put yeah. out the fire or something. <laughs> so I Rough don't know, man. Like, I probably even if we did know, we probably wouldn't do a gender reveal like exposure thingy. Yeah, I'd just be like, hey, we're having a boy. Keep it under your hat. <laughs> yeah. But. So, first, is this the first time that you've announced or said anything serious about being having a retirement? It is. This so is, this it, is the man. first you time that you're talking about. Give me some. The exclusive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't done any interviews. I, uh, you know, I talked with Dana mm-hmm. um, and let him know. Obviously, the UFC they know. Um, but yeah, I haven't talked about any interviews. Mainly, there is a couple of reasons. Um, you know, just working out some details outside of the fight game first. And, you know, we just moved. I just didn't want to have to deal with a lot of stuff during all that. Yeah. Um, we're and you get some nice new digs, too. Yeah, dude. It's so awesome up there. Yeah. I feel like I'm on vacation every day. I wake yeah. up and do my view. <laughs> it's like a... Your dude. sunset. You, you, oh sent, you posted out a couple yeah. of sunset photos recently. And Did you hear just... the story? The turkey's gobbling on both sides of me. I'm yeah. out there with my turkey call. I'm yeah. sure all my neighbors hate me, but... <laughs> <laughs> or they love you. Who I'm knows? the biggest redneck to come to that. <laughs> Have you met your neighbors yet? Haven't yeah. yet. No, we've gone up and um, like knocked on doors, but yeah. nobody was home. <laughs> all the times they looked out the window, they're all, "Oh man, that's that fire yeah, guy." Don't answer, don't, door. To, don't answer <laughs> yeah. the door, man. But no, it's it's awesome up there, dude. Yeah, it is. But uh, yeah, so we I have I haven't announced basically because of a lot of that stuff. But yeah. you know, I I get a lot of people that. You know, are still leaving comments. There's a lot of people that just know it. It yeah. leaked the night of my last fight. Yeah. You know, my goal and my plan was um, to do one more year. You know, I came back from being off for two years and decided, look, I've started my business. I've got this thing. It's successful. Like, I'm I'm doing a lot of stuff with really cool companies in the outdoor space. You know, the getting punched in the face isn't something I have to do anymore. Like, I've put in my time. I've put in my work for you know over 25 years yeah like it's time for me to start thinking about what's next you know i got my kid coming i want to be able to hang out with my kid when i'm 50 years old not be in a wheelchair you know um and so i figured let's do one more year if i can squeeze a couple fights in i was maybe trying to do three in a year but ended up getting the two um and Win or lose, any of those fights, you know, obviously it sucks to lose. I'd hate to go out on the loss like I did, but I don't want to, I also don't want to be that guy that's always chasing, chasing the next fight or chasing, you know, that, that win. Yeah. Because then end up, you know, then end up fighting for another three years, you know, but for me it was just, this is going to be what it is. I'm going to fight for this year. I'm going to try to get as many as I can and then we're going to wrap well, it up. You came back at an older age, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you crushed your training. You probably in the best physical shape. Yeah. You know? I, f- I felt good. Like you know? everything felt good. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I've been doing it since I was five years old. That's a long time. It is. How old are you just, now? I'm, thir- I'm about to be 34. Okay. May 1st. So, um, so we're, we're like right there. Our birthdays yeah. are just a few days apart really? from each other. Nice. Now. You may baby, huh? Yeah, uh, April. Oh, in April. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I just, it was one of those decisions. I talked about it with the wife and talked about it with, you know, my dad, different family members, and just decided it was time, you know. Well, you know, and something else that I respect a lot out of your career that you've had, and, and you're talking about fins and feathers, mm-hmm. is 
you have done such a phenomenal job in growing your own brand and diversifying yourself outside of the octagon. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can't beat that, you know? And, and this is a perfect segue. You're starting a new chapter of your life. You have a new baby on the way. You have so much more stuff going on. And not only that, you're the amount that you've immersed yourself into the outdoors and into pursuing your passion and your love for, you know, wildlife management, conservation and, and hunting and fishing, you know, and getting to experience those while bringing the experiences, not just for yourself, but to other people mm-hmm. anywhere that are willing to, you know, sign up for what you're doing. That's pretty neat, man. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and that's, it's something I kind of thought about, I'd say probably about five years ago, mm-hmm. you know, knowing you know, the fight, the fight game, the career in the fight game is pretty short. I mean, you'll get the exceptional guys that fight into their early 40s, like Dan Henderson, you know, mid-40s. I just, oh, even in college, I said I wasn't going to do that. Like, yeah. before I even started fighting, you know, I remember talking to guys, you know, a guy like Liddell. When I was in college, and he had already been fighting for a while, thinking, you know, and I love Liddell, but I'm just like, man, this, there's got to be a lot of brain trauma going on. You know what I mean? Like, there's a ton of, of repetitive blows to the head. and To me, that's serious stuff, man. A lot of guys in the sport, I don't think, yet realize that and how much it really affects you. Blows it, to the head. Yeah, man. It's And it's not so much... I mean, the fights, obviously, are they do damage, but people don't realize the training leading up to the fights are where you're getting most of the damage. It's, Constant. It's just, you know, day you're in and day out. five, ten rounds, you know, with, with gloves, you're usually not getting knocked out with so you're taking a lot of blows that you just keep going going and going and going it's not like in a fight where if you take a big hit you know and it puts your lights out the fight's over like you just keep taking those punches and uh you know it's it definitely it weighs and for me it's like i just i got to the point where like i said even in college i looked at i said i'm gonna fight till around 35 i'm gonna reassess yeah and i'm gonna see where i'm at if i have the money to continue doing things I love outside the fight game and I've I've built a life that I can have a solid family in and just like provide then I don't need to continue chasing that dream you know mm-hmm. like it's almost like I don't want to be too selfish like I could stay in the fight game for another 10 years if I wanted to but for me, I got to start thinking like I have a kid on the way. Like this isn't so much about me, any, yeah, about me anymore. Like my dream was to be a competitor. My dream was to be a fighter and and be a top level athlete. And I feel like I've done that. Like I've reached those goals. Yeah. You know, was I ever a UFC champion? No, but I was damn close multiple times. You know, and I feel like I've put in all the hard work that is needed to get there. And I've you know I've been right there at the top. It just you know it's. It's my time to kind of step back from the game. and. Well, you know, something else is that you can just take that same drive and that same motivation, which I already feel you're doing and have been doing, and you can apply that directly into hunting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and be the best athlete that you can possibly be in the field hunting. And, and you know, I know that you and I have talked about uh, in the past um, hunter's education and, mm-hmm. and you also, you know, trying to help new hunters and and educating people that maybe have never hunted before and being a role model, you know, and sort of a spokesperson. And that's huge. You know what I mean? For sure. 
it's it's just transition you mm-hmm. know what i mean and that's such an awesome transition to get to make it is man and i feel i feel so blessed to be able to have the platform that i've built over all these years from being the being an athlete and trying to use that positive influence on the people that are trying to get into the hunting industry you know there's there's people that follow me because of fighting strictly fighting that have never ever been exposed to the outdoors like hunting fishing anything like that mm-hmm. And over the last few years, I've seen how my life revolves around that now. And I get messages all the time from people like, hey, I've never hunted before. I really want to be able to eat this wild game meat. I want to be able to do this for myself. How do I start doing this? You know, and so like we talked about the hunter safety courses, Mm -hmm. like being able to just like guide people in the right direction to, okay, you have to go get your hunter safety done. Once you do that, hit me up. You know, I'll take you on to the next step from there. I've had people that have reached out to want to book trips that have never hunted before. I tell them to go do that. They go get their hunter safety done. Mm -hmm. Then they come back to us. And we've taken tons of people on their very first hunting trips before. Yeah. And it's so rewarding for me. Like, you know, I've gotten the guys that have hunted all over the world and have killed giant animals and, you know, you name a species, they've hunted it, you know. And those guys, to me... It's so much more rewarding taking someone that's never hunted before because they're like a sponge. They're listening to everything you say. They don't know anything. The things you know? that we take for yeah, granted. Yeah, exactly. That Stuff that we just, don't even think about anymore. Yeah. You have to like, oh, man, this person doesn't know. So you got to tell them and they're like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And then when, you're, when they're successful, oh, my God, it's like a completely different level of, of awesomeness, you know? Like these guys. Appreciation. I, you know, I've had clients start crying before, yeah. you know? I've had clients like we just took a kid out. I was telling you guys this earlier. He, his mom did a pig hunt with us two years in a row. And his, this last year, her youngest son didn't have his hunter safety, but he wanted to come along. He'd never been on the hunt before. So we took him out and uh, she, she hunted. The kid was there like just by our sides, like seeing how everything went down. And he's like, man, I really want to get into this. I want to do this. So we told him like, look, you go get your hunter safety done and we'll take you on a turkey hunt. That's well, we so just got cool. a text message a couple months ago, like, I got my hunter safety, let's go do the turkey yes. hunt. We took him out this weekend, my, my business partner guided him, he got his very first tom, uh-huh. the mom was there, like, shedding tears, like, she was actually crying, she was so happy, um, they had an awesome week, and they went out and used our, one of our fishing guides, caught a bunch of big stripers on Saturday, and then Sunday went out and killed his first, first turkey. <gasps> So they went home with all kinds of meat and just memories of the last a lifetime, you know. Oh, great, man. That's so rewarding to yeah. us. It just feels so good. So. Well, something else. See, you brought up, you know, now people can kind of see through your social media that you're immersed in the outdoors mm-hmm. lifestyle. Now, mind you, you said you grew up in the outdoors lifestyle. So what was the transition for you where you came to the conclusion and the realization that for you it was okay to start saying, hey, you know what? I'm Chad Mendez. I hunt, and this is what I love to do, and this is what I'm passionate about outside of fighting, and bridging that gap. Because uh, I know, like, for me, growing up in Marin County, I, you know, talking about hunting was forbidden. Yeah, it's you know, and, and I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, for you as well, Nate, in California, like, for a lot, I mean, for a lot of kids, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, talking about hunting and spending time in the outdoors is kind of, you know, frowned upon and yeah. and shunned and, you it's know, so, death threats yeah, and all kinds so crazy of crazy to me shit. That, that this day and age, that's, that's the direction that our society is turning into. It's like we've all, 
like we all come our ancestors we've all hunted like hunting is just what's made us and, and put us to where we are right now but it's such it's like hunting is now the minority like we people that hunt it's such a small group of people that it's now like just like you said frowned upon like it's something that so many people think is just barbaric and it's unacceptable and it's so crazy to me because there's so many people that are so disconnected from their food they they still go to the store they buy their chicken that's wrapped in their little plastic pouches and you know a, a slab of beef that they're going to go grill on saturday mm. <clears throat> yet they'll see you post a picture with a dead animal and it's the most offensive thing they've ever seen in their whole life you know and and the fact i do understand the point of you don't need to pose with it you know and that's probably the part that is probably most misunderstood the in gripping the, grand the, the grip grand. Yeah. yeah and so you know my, i look at it like this and I, it's something i'm never going to stop doing like it's yeah. it's something i've talked about in another podcast too but it's it's something that's just it's so rooted in humans to be proud of their food like if you look back for sure thousands of years ago you know you're looking at caveman drawings you know there's there's pictures of cavemen with their dead animal yes yeah. something that's they're proud of yeah. you know you've worked for you put the time and the energy the effort the game plan the strategy to come up with a way to outsmart this animal in their backyard and be able to harvest this animal like it's something that you should be proud of you mm -hmm. know and for me to take a picture with this animal it's no different than someone that doesn't hunt if you go on their Instagram page and see them posing with their hamburger right before they eat it. Yeah. And I'd say probably... They're doing 90, a foodie it, photo. Exactly. 90% yeah. of people, you go to any restaurant, you look around, that food comes out, what's the first thing people do? Yeah. They grab their phone and they take a picture of it and put it on their Instagram story or some kind of social media. Why? <laughs> because you're proud of it. You're excited. Yeah. Food. Yeah. It's exciting. I've never <laughs> heard it put thing. this way. I really like it. Yeah. But that's how I look at it. It's like if I had just killed a turkey, you know, I know, you know, I obviously I just took an animal's life. I'm not bragging that I just killed something. But how much effort and energy <clears throat> exactly. went into that moment. And I'm proud of that moment. Absolutely. I'm proud to be able to harvest this animal, you know, and it's not, you know, there's, there's obviously ways, tasteful ways to go about it. But in my opinion, that's just how I look at it. Like, yeah. You know, the grip and grin, there's a lot of people that are, are saying that as as hunters we need to get away from that but i don't agree with that i don't agree with it either man mm -hmm. i'm always gonna do it i'm proud i feel like it's it's a way for me to honor that animal almost, for sure you know same thing same thing with taxidermy on the wall you know people don't understand that but it's like that is something i'll look at and i will remember every single bit of that hunt mm -hmm. and how it went down how much effort and energy and strategy i put into that how much training i did with my archery equipment or my rifle like the amount of stuff I did in the gym to get prepared for that hunt. For sure. Like that all means so much to me. Yeah. And when I look at that animal on the wall, like that says all that to me. So I don't know, I'll never get away from that stuff. Yeah, totally. Uh, How do you feel about a grip and grin, Nate? I don't mind them at all. I mean, yeah. I think it's natural. I mean, to want to share things with your friends and and you know, it's it's out of respect for the animal that you are honoring it. And, right. And, and, by mounting it, I think it's the same way. Like I'll, I'll mount everything I can. Yeah. Um, it's all about the memories and and enjoying them as long as you can, right? For sure. Well, and, and too, something that I that I love that you're bringing up, and I talk about this a lot with people, is that the grip and grin 
maybe has gotten lost in translation mm-hmm. since social media got so much more popularized with posting hunting photos and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Because back in the day when we would see a grip and grin, it's in Eastman's magazine or, you know, whatever magazine, and it's going to be in a, you know, in a hunting magazine with the story of every moment leading up to the kill of that mm-hmm. animal, the harvest of that animal, right? And now it's, here's a grip and grin with, you know, 20 hashtags after it and who knows where it shows up, mm-hmm. you know, and... and Maybe there is no representation of the story behind the animal or, yeah. or whatever. So maybe that's kind of where it's gotten lost in translation or something like that, as to where it was a little bit more of a controlled environment because it was publishers mm-hmm. putting it out and they mm-hmm. published the story and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I totally, I can relate to that because for me, I'm never going to stop taking a grip and grin photo, you know, and, and remembrance of... <laughs> whatever ridiculousness you know we put ourselves yeah, through to achieve that moment mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes it's it's like chad said you know people are so out of touch with reality now you mm-hmm. know they with grocery stores and amazon and everything organic you know, mm-hmm. yeah they don't they don't realize the hard work that's put behind it all yeah it's just so easy now to just like anything now they have you can go online and just pre-order your groceries and either have them delivered to you or just mm-hmm you pull up to the store and they're waiting for you, you load them your car and drive home, you know? It's like the disconnect between food and humans is just insanely strong these days. Yeah. And it, it's, and I, I have to admit there are things in my life where I am very guilty of this, but basically until, like there's things that I don't understand. I assume or I think that I know in my head, but I don't really know the facts. And so you automatically jump to conclusion. You already think a certain way before you actually understand and know the facts. And I know for a fact I get tons of people that leave comments on my pages or direct message me or or somehow get it to me via social media about hunting. Like, I hope, like I'll, I'll have an animal that I hope you didn't just kill that and leave that there. It's like, A, that's illegal, <laughs> B, the, if you if you really followed me and, and understood my account, you I mean maybe it's a new follower, someone that just saw me, but they would understand that I eat everything that I kill. But there's people that don't understand. They don't they don't know what that is. So there's times where they'll leave comments like that, and I will you know I'll respond and just be like, look, this is how it actually happens. And once I explain that to them. I'd say 95% of the time they're like, wow, I didn't know that, mm-hmm. you know, that's really cool. You know, I'm sorry I left such a mean comment or something like that, you know, and they, they understand it. You're still going to get the idiots that are just like, you're, you know, and they'll just get stop. Up. Yeah. Um, they, no matter what you <laughs> explain to them, they just want to talk shit. But yeah, you know, I think it's, and like I said, I'm guilty of this. There's things that I've not really understood or known and I automatically think a certain thing until I learn it and I'm like oh geez I was completely wrong on that like that's well, it's natural cool. I mean we all make assumptions right yeah. based mm-hmm. on you know the cover of a book or the way someone looks or mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of a natural thing to do but once you do sit down and explain it to someone as long as they're willing to listen nine that's times cute. out of ten th- mm-hmm. they're gonna be like oh oh wow that that's cool yep yeah didn't know that but it takes us it's our job you know as hunters now to to tell our story and explain things. I mean, because if we don't, then they control the narrative. Exactly. And 
we see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so key. I mean, you hit that right on the head on that one. Like, I feel like anybody with any type of platform, you know, and I think, and I get this all the time when people are like, well, why do you sit and even like waste your time talking to these people? Just block them. And unless they leave like a completely absurd comment, like, <laughs> I hope your family dies or <laughs> shit like that. Like, if it's something like, I hope you didn't just leave that there, even though it irritates me. Educate them. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it is my duty and my job to educate. And your role as a sportsman. Exactly. And it sucks, but that's just where our society is now. And if we want to keep the sport of hunting and the tradition alive, like, it is our job to. To do that yeah you know and 100 percent, we do have like an uphill battle mm-hmm. and if we don't step up you know we're gonna see it going very mm-hmm. shortly yeah i mean just well, like, especially just here like in with, california with mountain lions yeah you yeah. know i mean they didn't educate the public well on that and look what happened you can't hunt them and now they're everywhere mm-hmm. yeah well yeah, did you have five in your yeah your yard I had four in my yard and i've seen 10 mountain lions Ten different mountain lions in the last eight months. Dude, that is in your neighborhood, right? In my neighborhood. In your neighborhood, <laughs> like where your family lives. It's insane. And several other yeah. families. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've talked to old timers that have lived on the peninsula forever and have never seen one cat. For me to see ten different ones, yeah, in eight months. I mean, what? something's going like, on. That's there. insane. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. If the, if if it's. If there's that much of a shortage of food supply that they're coming into neighborhoods like that, yeah. that means that, in my opinion, which is definitely not a, a biologist opinion by any means, in my opinion, though, that's too, that's too much. It's too much. Yeah, it is. Hands and down. unfortunately, you know, fish and wildlife, their hands are tied. You know, they can't do anything unless mm-hmm. there's one that's, you know, killed livestock or, or well, whatever. I, I think, I think... If I understood it correctly, Fish and Wildlife right now is taking roughly, I want to say between 50 and 80 mountain lions out of circulation every year. Based is that, is that through of, depredation? Or that's just, through depredation. I think yeah. about 50 to 80 in the whole state of California yeah. is not very <laughs> much. That's, no. tiny, that's yeah. a tiny amount. It's, uh, yeah. And like I saw one, one, one warden was showing me a picture and I've never seen a cat taken that big out of any of the western states where really? where guys are hunting oh, yeah. I saw one the other night walking along a fence line when we were driving home and I mean it was huge really yeah, yeah I couldn't believe it, it was just, just sucks like, because they're so thick in your neighborhood like there's, I feel like they're hopefully it never happens but what are they going to do when they get to the point where they've you know, wiped out the resources deer yeah. pets yeah. and then they see a little kid running down the street yeah. and you know, yeah, it's going to take one of them killing somebody before they actually do something right. about that, it. And unfortunately, know? that's the way California works, right? It takes a tragedy <laughs> yeah. for them to actually change or do something about when it. When it comes to wildlife. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Only when it comes to wildlife. Though. It's so yeah. frustrating. It is, for sure. So, I guess we'll dive into hunting. Okay. Even though we kinda, we're kind of already talking about hunting. <laughs> Imagine that. So how long have you guys gotten to hunt together? Because you guys got some pretty rad hunts under your belt this year. Yeah. Yeah, this last year. I mean, I think it was Jason that actually kind of, or let's see, I met Chad through Max, a mutual friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then we didn't really start hunting together, though, until Jason started taking us both duck hunting on his club. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, and then, you know, we, we hit it off, obviously, and started talking about hunts and stuff like that, but... Yeah, it was Jason. That yeah, I think last year was our first like big game season that we've yeah, done together. Yeah, 
It's always just been birds. Yeah. But that was an epic year, dude. We got so epic. <laughs> so Nate, Nate, before the season, he's like, "Hey, you should put in. Let's put in for a, a couple, couple areas." He's like, "Put in for this Lassen antelope tag." Yeah. I'm like, I had, I think one or two antelope yeah, points. Two, yeah. Two antelope points. Uh huh. And you know, the odds of me drawing that were pretty much zero. <laughs> like, yeah. Very slim. Ended up pulling the random. And so I got the the Lassen antelope tag here in California, which. There's you're on a, a really quick. <laughs> you're on a roll with fucking tags, right? Yeah, like so I've officially, officially I've officially changed my name to Chad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you buy me some lottery tickets today before we're done with this? But okay, so it was just an epic. Two team, points so. got the tag. Keep got going. the tag. We also put in for another um, draw area for deer, which we both drew. So not I, I drew two tags last year. Yeah, good um, tags. Good, really yeah. good tags. Um, the last in hunt, we, I really only had, I think three days to hunt. Yeah. For people that don't know California, the last in, or, or any antelope tag for that matter is a once in a lifetime tag, basically. Yeah. You're, you're not, not many people draw that twice in their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. There's guys that have been putting in for, for four, 40 years. Yeah. 40 years and guy, never getting and never, that Never tag. getting one. Yeah. 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 So just That's how most of our special game tags are. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, just complete luck on that one. We had a couple days. I came back from a trip. I was doing a um, axis hunt in Texas with mountain ops. Mm-hmm. Came back and I had about three days before I had to go on another fins and feathers trip. That's what it was. Yeah. So we so, fit it in. Yeah, we just basically squeezed it in. Which I don't. I'm an idiot, you know. But I mean, it's yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we go. We the first day we get to our spot. Um, set up camp. We see some antelope. I actually found a giant that was just off the unit, though. He was, I don't know, a couple thousand yards from the unit. And we're yeah, like, man, this was. guy's got to, hopefully he comes back over. But go at least 80. Yeah. And um, so we're watching him that whole next day till, I don't know, probably late afternoon. And he's not budging. He's not coming anywhere near the line. I'm like, man, we only have a couple days left. Let's go see if we can find somewhere else. Well, Nate ends up finding and he, he has a connection yeah i called a buddy who knew a guy <laughs> knew a guy that knew a guy so we ended up talking to these good old boys that farm some alfalfa out there mm-hmm. and uh, they're like yeah we get some antelope in you know if you guys want to just drive around and check it out it you was know, like they, perfect timing too because they had just cut the alfalfa yeah. which is what they love I guess they come down off the hill the mountains and they just smell that yeah, yeah exactly like, alright food yeah. and so we we actually we had checked some of the spots before that we weren't turning any antelope up yeah, yeah. and then we got that connection so we ended up driving around we see some antelope nothing really that big we go all the way to the back and we see this antelope and he's with he's with his group he's got a bunch of does with them I think there's maybe a couple other smaller bucks in there yeah, too but yeah so we're sitting there glass thing like 400 yards and we had no clue how big this yeah. thing was. I mean, <laughs> Mind you, I've never hunted antelope before, so. Have no, you ever hunted antelope? I have. I okay. Have. And I actually, okay. I guide for them in Nevada, but yeah. here's the difference. These California antelope, the bodies on these things are huge for antelope, yeah. like way bigger than any of the Nevada ones. We've they're, they're eating well. So what I'm guessing is, like I, we saw this thing and I, I thought it was good. I thought it was high 70s, maybe <laughs> 80. Uh, I remember he asked me, he goes, Nate, should I shoot that one? I was like, I don't know. It looks pretty big, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so I thought, I was like, you know what? We have a day and a half left to hunt. This thing's probably pushing 80. Like, that's a good buck. So I belly crawl out. I don't know. I close the distance to like 350. Yeah. Ended up smoking this thing. 
So we're all, you know, getting all our stuff ready for cleaning it and stuff for some photos. And we walk over there. And I walk up to this thing. And it is the biggest antelope I've ever seen on the, like, <laughs> body-wise. And the mass on that thing yeah, was just insane. Well, it ended up going, I think it's tied right now for number four biggest ever killed in California. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was, I think, 86 gross. Yeah. We netted uh, 85 and uh, four eights. Or yeah, something. something like that. So what was what was the feeling when you're walking up on the largest body antelope you ever seen, and then you're realizing how much horn is actually on? Dude, and I I mean I said a lot of words that I probably shouldn't say on here, but <laughs> I was extremely excited. I was just like, what the hell? Yeah. What? Just, yeah, like, I think it has the heaviest the, bases ever. Dude, in California. It, was it was giant. Like I wish I mean so no, old moss has grown out of it. Yeah, it was, and I mean. I forget what the body was. Even when I took it into the meat locker, they were just like, this is an antelope? Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is an antelope, dude, Cali antelope. <laughs> and I, Holy crap, that's one of the biggest ones I've ever seen. But, man, it was it was an awesome experience. We we got it done in such a short amount of time. Like, I almost wish we had more time to hunt because yeah. it was fun, you know? We were just sleep, sleeping in the bed of my truck, freaking mosquitoes swarming us <laughs> all night long. You know the trick freezing. to that, right? What? For mosquitoes? Hmm. You get paper match, paper matchbook, right? Mm-hmm. Little paper matchsticks. You eat three match heads. Eat them? Eat them. No thanks. No, I swear to God. They'll <laughs> keep what? mosquitoes off you. It's all serious? day long, yeah. Never heard that. Yeah, dude, bushcraft, dude. It, huh. it works. Huh. I, that's so what is that? that that's it's sulfur coming out of your pores. Huh. Right? It, it, uh, it keeps the bugs away. Have my you butt. tried it? Yeah, I do it. Every, I've been doing it forever. Really? Here's yeah. my thing, though. When I'm sleeping, like my body's covered. I'm not worried about them biting me. It's the yeah, yeah. There's no way you're really around all night on my yeah. ear, like yeah, swarming my head. They're not biting me, but it's yeah, I don't know. They might stay. I mean, it's I don't like know. They might stay away from you if you're if you're. Mm-hmm. I I know because where I hunt in the Sierras, there's like. Mosquitoes will land on you in blankets, yeah. not just oh. like one or two, like Dude. straight up blankets. <laughs> and I'll go out with my buddies, and they're like, "I won't eat match heads. I can't do that." They're scared of it, right? And I'll be walking around fine with no mosquito bites, <laughs> and they're just like <laughs> covering themselves in deep, <laughs> yeah. like the whole deal. I hate like, using bug spray too. Dude, like, deep is disgusting. Yeah. It's so bad for you. Yeah. I remember I sprayed some one time when I was. That was years ago. And I was in my truck. I was getting out of my truck. I sprayed some on me. And the after spray got on the plastic in my truck. And when I went and hunted, when I came back, it was all deteriorated. Like, no oh, way. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. and I'm putting that crap on my skin. Yeah. yeah. Dude, and like getting it. I know it's food. really yeah. studied, but there's just something about spraying. I've been doing the lethal, uh, lethal products. They have a yeah. bug spray that's scent free, mm-hmm. which is really cool because I freaking hate this smell. chemical And that stuff works for ticks too. Yeah, doesn't ticks. It? Yep, I sprayed all. See, my I don't think match heads work against ticks. Yeah, ticks, ticks are bad. My buddy uh, Jim Miller has Lyme disease, man. He's yeah, trying to train for fights and stuff. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, huh? it's, where did he get that? Um, I'm not sure yeah, where. Yeah. Is that Lime Warrior or something like that? No, no Jim no, Miller, he fights in the UFC. Fight, yeah. yeah, but yeah, he said once once that kicked in. Man, well, and there's that new thing that's spreading too right now where oh, yeah, um, there's some sort of tick meat. where you can get allergic to meat. 
Oh, like what? It, it bites you and makes you yeah. allergic. I think it's just a red meat, but I'm not sure. I, I know it's meat. Dude, that would end my life. <laughs> no, yeah, so and apparently it's spreading this way. Like it, it's no. in like the south and east coast. But yeah, talk about like the worst thing ever. Wherever those are, let's just burn it. Yeah. Let's burn, burn it to the ground. <laughs> so the other thing I learned too recently was opossums, they eat, I think it's like 5,000 ticks a season or something like oh, that. What? So... Time to bring him back. When you see a possum, throw the peace sign up. He goes, yeah, that what guy, up, buddy? Yeah. You home? Really? <laughs> yeah. So they eat them, like, they'll, like, sniff them out and eat them? Yeah, somehow they find them, and that's, no that, that's what they eat a lot of them. They, like, they consume more ticks than anything else. The I possum guess. is the most oh. disgusting-looking little creature. Dude, I have that, much Here. respect for them now. <laughs> now you're like, the ticks are my <laughs> Kill them all. I might start a possum farm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least if they keep them down <laughs> off your property. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just give them out because ticks are bad in California. I mean, especially A zone, man. Yeah. It's just like, uh-huh. So you're you're hunting last, and you guys got the antelope down. It was yeah. epic. Took pictures, screwed yeah. it up. What's crappy is I filmed the whole thing, and I I was gonna edit oh, it and put it on my YouTube. You lost. lost the SD card. No. So I have the, the SD card with the actual kill shot on it, mm-hmm. but all the like vlogging leading up to that, I don't have. Really? Yeah, so I couldn't. I was gonna try to like at least put a, together a short video, but it's really just like the kill shot, the kill shot like me getting setting, set <laughs> kill shot, yeah, and then like me walking up to it, and it's like yeah. there's like nothing leading up to that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm so bummed because it was it was cool. Like I said, yeah. we're camping in uh, right next to a little creek. Uh huh. Um, it was me, uh, Nate, my buddy Jim came down. And we just were, you know, sleeping in the beds of the trucks. And I had the little Traeger. We were growing. We stopped at the gas station. I plugged it in like yeah. midday and made us breakfast right outside yeah. the gas station. We looked like bums at the uh-huh. gas station cooking, <laughs> cooking food. Oh, it was good. We made some uh, breakfast tacos, some eggs yeah. and bacon. And that uh, was cool. But, man, I'm bummed I lost all that. Some good, good content. Yeah, but to draw... A super rare tag with two points and then shoot the new number four. Yeah. That's Chad Mendes. Yeah, right? The horseshoe. It's somewhere. <laughs> yeah, where are you Do you have a tattooed on you somewhere? Or? There it is. Right oh, there. there it is. Right Booyah. there. Oh, it's over. I got a funny, funny story about that, too. <laughs> Do you want to share it? That's spring break in college. Oh, <laughs> shit. The first year was All-American. So how, how old? 19? Uh, that would have been 2006. So that was the first year I was All-American. I, so our NCAA tournament, like our wrestling season... So you're 21. Yeah. 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 So all, all um, pretty much the first two quarters of season, it's just like, you know, you're killing yourself. Cutting weight, going to tournaments every weekend, wrestling every week. Like you're just Did you wrap yourself in plastic bags to cut? No, I'd yeah. use the plastics though. Yeah, yeah. Like actual suits. Not, oh, that's not right. They make the yeah. suits now. But uh, yeah, so our NCAA tournament, like... The day it ended, our spring break started. So mm-hmm. it's like you kill yourself the whole time. You just went through your whole NCAA tournament, which is like what the whole season's about. Mm-hmm. And then I was an All-American, so we were all super pumped. Me and a big group of the wrestlers went straight to Mexico. Oh, <laughs> and, no. Yep. One of my buddies uh, got an RV. We all drove down an RV down there and just like hopped from town to town, you know, Mexico. And one of the towns, we were walking around downtown, and somebody bought a bottle of uh, almond-flavored uh, tequila. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all yeah, we were just like sipping it straight out of the bottle. And then all I remember is waking up the next day and there was like plastic wrapped around my arm. And you're all, oh, <laughs> And I'm like, hell, there's like blood stuck to it. I'm like, what the hell? And I like peel the, the bandage off 
and there's a tattoo there. But it looked way worse than that because it was like blood. <laughs> it was all blood and yeah. like messed up. Yeah. And so I walked out and I'm like, holy crap, I got a tattoo. Our heavyweight was one of the guys that were with us. Yeah. He got walks in, one? he's got the exact same tattoo <laughs> in the exact same spot. He's like, I got one too. But it's <laughs> oh, like three God. times the size of mine, So, but it's the same size. So oh. it's like really small. Oh, and, and then our other buddy got his his last name in Old English. Down down this side. Yeah. Dude. Oh, that's oh, so that's great. Cool. It definitely looks like a South of the Border tattoo. Mm. What a disaster. It's horrible. <laughs> But it's like such a good story that I've yeah, never come yeah, it up. Yeah. And that's where the luck comes from. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's it right there. Pull it right for, for my bicep. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, that's so awesome. Have you got the mouth back for that yet? Uh, the animal? Yeah. No. Yeah. My guy's so slow, man. It usually takes him a year. You had the horns at the Western Hunt Expo. Yeah, right? I, I got it Euroed, just beetled. I didn't get it like bleached or anything. Yeah, it still um, stunk. Everybody. Yeah, it was, it's still got that stench. <laughs> Well, those goats, I mean, their heads stink anyway. Yeah, know, right? But yeah, it was, it was still stinky. Well, it's crazy how those things are hollow, too. I, uh-huh. I never really knew that. They, they yeah, the prong like pop pops right off. off. Yeah. It's all hair. Did yeah, you know it's that? hair, yeah. Like, exactly. You look on the inside, and it's just a bunch of hairs, like, overlapping. So crazy. Yeah. And did you know they shed those every year? I'm pretty sure that they, I don't know if they shed them every year, but they shed them. Really? Huh. That's what, uh, what the hell? Unless, unless they just get popped off. Maybe from fighting, but like we found yeah. them. Yeah. What the hell is that? Oh, we've we yeah. found them just like walking around before. Hmm. So maybe they just break off yeah. from fighting or something. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Huh? That's crazy. very crazy. But uh, yeah, and then he went. What? Then you went to Utah, killed your monster yeah. buck in a, Utah. Yeah, like a one ninety big chocolate, dark like heavy horn. Yeah. Four point. It was a good good buck on like a beautiful ridge. Yeah, it was with nice. a gorgeous sunset that mm-hmm. night too. That's right. It was beautiful. It, it didn't last long. It was only a two day hunt. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But this is a buck that they had seen. In fact, somebody had already shot at him like back in like September. Oh really? And they grazed his, his left antler, I think, and it ricocheted off and blew his ear to smithereens. Like it was just oh, wow. had a giant hole in it. Yeah. So when I saw him, like we we hiked. I don't know. It was like, I think it was like a 12 mile round trip. We got way back in there. It's freezing, whipping wind. We're yeah. sitting up on top glass and everything's bedded below us. And all of a sudden this thing steps out and he's chasing this doe. And I look, I, I thought it was a big drop tide and like a big club hanging down because his ear was How like cool with that just hanging, you know? And I'm like, holy crap, a dropper. Let's go, let's go look at this buck. And we started looking at it again and we're like, oh no, that's his ear. <laughs> But he was still, you know, good buck. We're like, let's go. So we ended up closing the distance a couple hundred yards and got set up and I smoked him. But there was actually a really cool video, Mountain Ops, um, filmed the whole thing. Uh-huh. And they're editing a, a really cool video, I think, they're going to do on their film tour. But, um, yeah, that was a cool hunt too, man. Nice. Hiking that sucker out, though, it, it took us two days to get it out completely. Oh, no way. Like, we were down, like, we were deep. You were in way in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was steep. Uh, sage that was like, well, we, just like our hunt, it was like, well, the sage high. in Utah is like, it's mm-hmm. decent, man. It's not a joke. So you're, sure. you're having to climb with probably about 50, 60 pounds on your back and push through that sage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was tough. We had the camera guy, me, and then uh, my guide. His and now, was, was that public or was that private? That was private. That was private. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I ended up getting that tag at uh, the. Um, was it the Sonoma chapter? Is that what it is? The Mule Deer Dinner? Yeah, Sonoma or Santa Rosa or something like that. <clears throat> I think it was Santa Rosa, you're right. Oh, the Blacktail Dinner. Yep. Yeah, yeah. For the Mule Deer Foundation. And all them, but yeah, the Blacktail chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was cool, man. That was a that was definitely a fun hunt too. That's a beautiful book too. Mm-hmm. Super heavy. I ended up getting the uh, replicas made. Yeah. yeah, those turned out good. We got it up above uh, our TV now and on our oh, big really? panel. Yeah, oh, talked to Abby into letting me do that. Yeah, <laughs> so it looks pretty cool. The, the women like euros way better. Yeah. Than oh yeah, that's what Abby always told. Then the shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But. Yeah. Uh, and then we did our backcountry hunt. That was yeah. And so we we put in for an X zone that was like I think takes like five six points something like that. So we put in as a group and uh, we drew it. And then um, we actually this was a short trip too. We didn't have that long because mm-hmm. how long were you guys out there for? Four days. Four days. Yeah, including and, travel. I think yeah. too. And this we, was a rifle hunt, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking October. Yeah, it was early October. Weather. Um, possible weather we were prepared for that um, and then I had a buddy who also guides that area and runs the pack station so he kind of gave us some inside info and um, also packed us in a little ways yeah that was cool jumping on the horses packing cool the side. yeah that was yeah. my first semi horse I mean it wasn't a full horse hunt because we weren't riding him the whole time but yeah um, it, it was awesome I was yeah, sold was we, we were riding these big old mules that he has in yeah <laughs> remember tiny yeah tiny I was trying to it, was this, it was like the biggest mule Dude, I've ever seen huge <laughs> I felt like I was like 30 feet off the ground I'm like God, if I fall off this thing I'm dead <laughs> right but yeah, tiny was, was awesome he just kept trucking mm-hmm. and then the one was it the one that I got oh I the really first the one, one, first yeah. one where he couldn't keep up was a tiny little horse and so it would just take off running to sprint to like yeah. catch up to everybody. And then Nate got it on the way out. <laughs> Nate's like holding on for dear life. But it was awesome, man. We both killed really good bucks. Um, so how? Well, so when you guys figured it out, like, and you guys got drawn for your unit, obviously you kind of had some insight, like, yeah, we'll, we'll go to this place. You already kind of had the idea that that was Yeah, we knew, like, I had, you know, looked at the general area on Google Earth and, and kind of familiarized myself, you know, from above with yeah. it and, and uh, whatnot, but we kind of, we were just going to go in blind, basically. Yeah, and, and, and no scouting necessary, just go in and Just hunt. start hunting, yeah, and yeah. just get to a spot and glass and move Not because we didn't want to, it was more just because of timing. timing yeah. Wasn't I mean, that the most, well, especially, you know, like, you guys have, you know, I mean, I guess maybe you, you weren't as far along in your pregnancy then, you know, no. I mean, obviously, but you know, you just had a kid, Yeah. you know, you're busy. Had your fight happened yet? You were in the middle of training and in the middle of hunting. Um, right. I was in a, yeah, that was before, that, that was, was before, before my Utah fight. trip. Yeah. Was yeah. It so that the was, I went there, I went that trip straight to the Utah trip uh-huh. and then I went right into training camp. That's right. Oh, the Utah trip was after then. Uh-huh. So, I mean, time was super, super yeah. pressed. You guys yeah, no. got out there. So we had to get it done. Yeah. But I, w- I was confident, you know. I mean, we, we both wanted mature bucks. So, you know, there, we held back a little bit. But I knew we could find something. Mm-hmm. And, so when you guys were gearing up for this, hunt, kind of what, how did you plan what you were going to bring with you and, and all that kind of stuff? Um, well, for me, I pack the same way for every hunt. Yeah. Right? The only thing that really changes is my food. And maybe bring in some warmer clothes if it's colder, mm-hmm. right? Nothing. Otherwise, everything pretty mm-hmm. much stays the same. Um, for Chad, I, it was his first true like backpack hunt. Yeah. Um, so naturally, you kind of overpack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that, that the greatest thing like, ever? Oh, it's yeah. awesome, dude! You just like get out there and you're like, why the? I mean, fuck and we could a little bit because we shit. knew we were going to be packed in four miles on horses, you know, to, to begin with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But after that, we were on our own. But we had a little base camp set up and everything, so we knew we could bring maybe, you know, an extra thing here or there. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, you know, dude, it was all that Chad. Yeah, it, it was awesome. He, I've I've done another like that. I was telling you we did that uh, Tendoy sheep eradication uh, yeah, yeah, Max. Yeah. Um, we had to pack for backcountry because we ended up doing that for a while, and then which we didn't stay backcountry there, but ended up going elk, and that's where we lived out of the tents yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But um, but that was like my first packing on horses, yeah. and dude, it was so doing cool. the deal. I want to try to do a trip like that every, every year if I yeah. can. It was so it's much fun. And just getting away from everything. Like, you don't, we didn't see another hunter the whole time we were yeah, out there. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it was so awesome finding, I mean, it's California, you know, like growing up, I remember going multiple weeks in a row without even seeing a deer, you know? <laughs> you know, and so when you, for both of us to like pull the struggle like, of you, California yeah. hunting. Like, I'm looking for a fork spike, you know, it's anything that's legal. Anything that's, can, yeah. I hang it? can I hang something on uh-huh. that? Is that good? Yeah. I got it. Yeah. But uh, for both of us, just going in the backcountry and both killing mature bucks. And then, you know, the the buck I was with was with another buck, a small buck. But Nate's was with, what, three or four other deer? Yeah. yeah. And they were all, you know, three by fours, three by threes. Yeah. Um, Did you guys kill both your bucks on the same day or was it one on the other? So we killed my... What's also sucks is Nate got really sick right before this trip. Yeah, oh, burn. So he Bro. hiked back in there. He's feeling like garbage. You like chill. But you like, still went anyways. Yeah, yeah I wasn't gonna. I you for yeah, doing yeah. it. <laughs> I wasn't. You know, That's I easily could have said no. Home, but I was like, there's no way I'm gonna ruin this trip. For no. Chad. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, and, uh, I just and so it's cold. Me. It's windy. It's raining. And Nate's and sick. He's sick. <laughs> Opening morning, we're like, we hiked straight to the top of this mountain. Like it took us what. Six hours to get up there. Yeah, well, we I mean we took our time obviously. Yeah, real yeah. slow. We're just but you know, you we hiked, we hiked like six around. and a half miles from our camp when we were already four in. Yeah, but so. it's our but it was all uphill. Yeah, six it was miles all uphill. uphill. Gang. Oh, and right. so I keep looking back, and Nate's just like pale, no expression <laughs> on his face. He had dying. We're getting rained on. I'm just like, God, I feel so bad for this guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you doing all right, bro? He's like, Yeah. And so we get all the way to the top. Um, we hike all the way to this lake and we're sitting up there glass and we see a bear um, I don't know if we saw any deer oh yeah no. we saw some does we saw oh, yeah, some does. does no bucks um, and we're glassing and it's I don't know we probably had what three hours four hours before dark mm-hmm. and so we're like let's just start making our way back well we we hike down off the top right there probably a few hundred yards and look up and that's where my buck was with the little buck so I ended up shooting that buck and these are that's all on youtube I, I did a whole video if anyone wants to check it out it's on just look up chad mendez um and it's the cali, cali backcountry, backcountry hunt yeah. um so i end up smoking that buck a giant two point just like yeah. a really stomper old, yeah, fork heavy just old mean looking brutal looking buck and so we get that sucker all cut up um get it all in the packs and i don't know we probably had what two hours before dark at that point hour and a half two hours something like that and luckily for us it's all downhill but gets dark starts raining on us the whole time and like i said nate's still feeling like shit (laughs) we get all the way back down to camp and like we get all settled we make our our um our freeze drives and we're eating pass out i wake up the next morning and nate's just like (laughs) staring like this looking at the ceiling (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh man! I got it on film. You guys see the video. 
but yeah. send me that video. He didn't even want to get up that next morning. He was hurt because he had. I knew I needed a day too. of like rest. You yeah. know, there was just no way. Fatigue. I was like, because now we got one buck down, yeah. and we need to get another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I was like, I have to take this day to just rest. And so we, we got, it was kind of hurt because it like rained all day, which you know isn't isn't a bad or good thing because sometimes you can find them in the rain, but it's just uh, way more sucky. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there, sitting <laughs> so we kind of just hung out that day and like had a fire and and uh, whatnot and kind of game planned on what we were gonna do. You know, we only had a day left, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and so we called up my buddy. He came and got us that night um, because we wanted to switch spots. Yeah. Um, and he was free, so he came and packed us out. We went back to his place, had some soup and dinner. How oh, that saved and, us? Uh, oh, that saved you for sure. Yeah. Warm fire, like yeah, soup, re <laughs> reacclimating your body. He was about to die. Yeah, and then we ended up packing straight out from the trailhead. The next day, um, we went in about six seven miles again, um, and started glassing a couple different areas, um, and we were finding deer, but nothing nothing I really wanted to go after. And then Chad ended up spotting a group that was, you know, a mile or so away. And so we made our way over towards them and um, saw that they were actually some pretty good bucks. Watched them bed. Yeah, I watched them bed. Um, and the hike began. <laughs> yeah, and then the stalk began. And <laughs> the march. Yeah. We ended up getting, what, within a couple hundred yards. I think it was right at 200. Yeah. And they, I don't know how we didn't, I mean, I, we ended up crawling a little bit and getting in position, but. Yeah. Those things were just all bedded and facing in all different directions. Like yeah. some were facing us, some were completely facing, facing in all directions, yeah. some were facing down the hill. Yeah. But it was such a beautiful, it was beautiful watching the whole thing where we were. But do you remember how cold it was? Oh, yeah, we were <laughs> we freezing. Left all of our and stuff. We had dropped our packs like, you know, a couple hundred yards before <laughs> where we were <laughs> because we wanted to be quiet and, and whatnot, you know, and get yeah. in on them. Um, and then sure enough, we're, we're both sitting there like, <laughs> just like freezing, like damn Wind it. is whipping, just blowing so hard. My nose is just dripping. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man. Half but, sick still. Oh, yeah. Well, he was dying I, still. I, I felt like crap, but I was like, all right, this is this is it. It's going to happen mm-hmm. now, you know. And if, sure enough, he eventually stood. It was like a couple hours in of freezing. Yeah, we sat there for a couple hours on him. And then finally he stood up and. Actually, Chad had to convince me to take that one, too, because I wanted to take the four-by. Mm-hmm. And Chad's like, no, take the three. He's cooler. He's way heavier. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Was he a three? Oh, he's a three-by-two. Yeah. That's right. He's a front-to-back mm-hmm. uh, three-by-three. Three. Yeah. Yeah, there was a three-by-four? Was he a four? He was a four. He was. He was yeah. just smaller. Yeah, he was just not as heavy. Uh, but yeah, he stood up, dropped him. That was so cool. And then uh, we processed him and got him in the packs, and then... Started our hike out, which was probably one of the worst <laughs> I've ever done. Just being really? sick. Dude, oh yeah, I mean it wasn't like it wasn't like sucked. the craziest terrain or anything. I mean, it, there was some sagebrush that we had to contend with, but it was just the fact like being sick and already drained. Oh, for sure. And then packing out, yeah, it's it was just a mix like of two things. It makes multiple things. You were sick, <laughs> like. <laughs> the sage being waist high with no trails and pitch black. I think my headlamp started to die like halfway through. <laughs> so I'm just like, I can barely see. I think at the end it even died. So I'm like going off the moonlight trying to walk through the sage. That, well, you know, you got rock. all that weight on your back. Your legs are already shot. Yeah. We're out of food. We ran out of food. So I'm starving. Yeah. Nate's back there just like, ugh. 
Uh, I think we switched packs after a while. Yeah, well, eventually, like, eventually my, like, my, my ass started hurting, you know, and it was just, like, I couldn't, they were, my glutes were just done. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, Chad, you you could take this head and, like, the rest of the day, you know, like, I'm about to sit here for a while. He's like, yeah, no problem. And so we ended up switching the head. Um, that sounds exactly like this whole pack out situation is identical with what Anthony and I went through in Montana. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Oh yeah, aren't they the best though? Like they, looking back on it now, like oh yeah, like, like during you're just like yeah, makes the whole experience so much better. But yeah. during you're just like I never want to do, do this again. again. Why, Why did I do, I do this, this yeah. to myself? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chad's like, dude, this is worse than fighting. Like, yeah. What the hell are we doing? I gotta get punched. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, looking back on it, it was, you know, so it's cool. a, one of those things that makes you stronger. You know, you know what you're capable of. You right. Know, like, well, it's that mental toughness that everybody always talks about. You know, yeah, you can't yeah. just quit. What are you going to do? Just drop your pack there and leave it? Like, I'm done. Yeah. What? <laughs> no. still, even if you do that, you still got to hike out six miles. Right. <laughs> so it's it's like you really have no choice. Like, yeah, it's either die. Like, you're going to sit here and freeze your balls off all night or you're gonna figure out a way to get back to camp <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and then once you get back to camp because you always do you're like god that was you're just that much more mentally tough you know you figure out what you can and can't do yeah. right well i feel like as hunters that's something that we're so good at doing is finding our actual physical limitations <laughs> but also pushing through mm-hmm. yeah. boundaries and barriers that we never knew that we could surpass yeah you know what i mean like it it and I swear every year it happens again and again. It's like, wow, yeah. like, how did that even happen? You know what I mean? Like, how did I get through that? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things, the kids that sit behind a computer or video game all day, <laughs> like that type of stuff, the, that building character, the building mental toughness is something a lot of this generation nowadays will never, ever, ever experience, experience or develop. Yeah. Because they're not doing anything that tests them, you know. Mm-hmm. They're getting angry because they got beat by somebody on a on a streaming live video game. Yeah, and they throw the remote. Like that's that's their toughness. You their know? mental toughness yeah. is the controller against the door, <laughs> yeah. and if it broke or it's not. It's sad, man. I just I hate I hate seeing that, and it sucks that that's where society is headed. But yeah. like that's. Oh, I don't know. That's, yeah. that's how it's going. Well, and then also something that you were talking about, like growing up and hunting in California. Like, people don't understand (laughs) what a California hunter is made of because, like, especially if you're hunting A zone, B zone, Mm -hmm. C zone, or D zone, like, majority of the time... You're you're looking for a spike for it. You're looking for anything legal. You're not seeing anything. Yeah, ever. Like, Mm -hmm. even does. You know what I mean? So it's... I I think that that's a huge misconception that people, like don't understand about guys from California and what we have to go through just to fill a, a deer a tag, tag. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember me and my dad, our first time going out of state hunting after growing up with my dad and my brothers hunting in California. Like we grew up hunting D7, which is like above Fresno up in the Sierras up there. Yeah, yeah. And we would go up there, you know, we were weekend warriors, you know, and sometimes if we could get away for like a four or five day trip, we'd go up there and camp and set up. We had our campsite, you know, we'd go up there and set up camp and we would, that's where we would hunt, you know, I'd say 90% of it was road hunting, you know, and it's like, you just drive around till you see deer and if you can go put a stock on them, then that's what it was, you know, yeah. or sometimes you'd go to a spot and you'd walk and do a hike or something, but 
I'd say 98% of the time, you maybe see some does and that's pretty much it, you know? And there was multiple seasons, not just weekends, seasons, where we never even saw a legal buck. Yeah. You know, and, and for people, I mean, people that don't know, a legal buck in California has to have a fork at least on one side. Yeah, that you can hang a ring on. Uh-huh. And so, you know, seeing spikes and does, you know, it's there was multiple seasons, that's all I, all I saw. Mm-hmm. There were some times where we would jump monster bucks. You know, there was a couple of times where I got shots off on monster bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, but majority of it, it's little forkies or spikes or does is what you're seeing the whole time. But yeah, so our first time going out of state, we went to Utah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> where we do our fins and feathers trips down down south. Yeah. And it was like a different world. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my dad. Were oh like, my God. What the hell <laughs> yeah. is this? Yeah. Is this what we've been missing our whole life? Like, yeah. Dude, you're like basically, you know, compared to California, you're you're just grocery shopping. You're yeah. like, oh, that one looks pretty. Eh, that one's all right. Eh, let's go. Let's go get a little better look at this. You one. get some variety. Yeah. Man. You're like, what For the hell? Sure, dude. But uh, yeah, man, it was a, a crazy experience. I remember my dad shot this huge. We called him Big Deuce. Huge, huge two point. Uh huh. Just big, even bigger than the one I shot here in Cali. Like probably double that size. Wow. Just wide, giant. His, his forks are probably about that tall. Like, if he would have been, if he would have been a four-point, he probably would have been a 170, 180-inch. Oh, wow. But he was just a big two. Yeah. <laughs> Mass all the way to the tips, you know. Um, I ended up killing, like, a big old three-by-four, still in velvet, like a stag. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really cool. But one of the funnest trips ever, I, I did that with um, our good buddy Will and his wife, Heather. Um, and that's where I, one of the first hunts I ever did with Will. And he passed away. Unfortunately, he was a good buddy of ours and just passed away in that... Um, an ATV accident on on their ranch, but uh, Will's actually actually how I, that's how I met my my wife. Oh really? Yeah, he w- owned a mortgage company in Utah, and um, she worked for him mm-hmm. at the mortgage company. And so when we would go in there, we visit, we'd go in there and just mess with all the employees and stuff. And she was had a little cubicle right there. And <laughs> he had little like remote control cars with like cameras he'd mount on them and like drive around <laughs> in the cubicles and like they wouldn't know. And he'd just be like sitting there, and the camera would be looking at him or. He had those blow dart guns and just like shoot them as they go walking by through past his office and shoot them <laughs> in the back and like one of the little blunt tips or something. Uh-huh. You know? Just always mess around with them, but it's it fun. You went to mess with one and then it, you're like, oh hey, wait a minute, yeah, let's get your number. <laughs> hey girl, I, I had the same experience relating back to the Cali boy going to an out of state. For when sure. I, when I first went to uh, my my first out of state hunt in Nevada, um, I had actually just gotten over the norovirus. Where I was puking out of both ends. What's going on, dude? Why are you? I know. What's going on? And so I actually, the doctor made. I had to stay a day um, into my season. I I was supposed to leave the day before, and I had to stay because I was so sick. Yeah. And I actually, they gave me um, seven bags of fluid. That's how dehydrated I was from that. Yeah. And anyway, so we ended up. I ended up finally going, and it was like a late season uh, ruby hunt. Uh huh. So it was going to be cold. But I remember we got out there and, and uh, you know, hiked into our spot and set up the glass. And first thing we see, it's like 50 deer on the other hillside. And, and I mean, in California, finding 50 deer, I mean, that takes you multiple spots <laughs> and maybe multiple years. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are like, dude, there's 50 deer on that hill. Like, 
And then we, it's funny because we ended up talking to the rancher and one of the guys that had hunted the area forever, and they're like, yeah, this is the worst year we've seen in 14 You're years. Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, dude, <laughs> you have no idea how cool this is for me right now. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, uh, it, it, it's amazing. Well, it was a trip when, I, when Anthony and I went to Utah this year, and we're out there, and we get into, I think on like his first or his second day hunting, he's counted up like maybe... 150 or 200 does at this point and he is like i've never seen this many deer in my yeah, life yeah. like oh my god this is one day yeah it's epic dude Heck yeah it's so crazy it's yeah Woo! right where are we at <laughs> i mean we kind of are just so far all over <laughs> yeah up and down the board that's what's so great about podcasts though it's yeah just like wherever wherever it takes you, you go right so nate what's going on with Castro knives uh, a lot actually i'm working on a bunch of different things and, you got a couple uh, projects you got a couple irons in the fire yep as far as new knives coming out yep i was sad to hear a little bit today that maybe the fillet knife might be postponed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the fillet is in the works. Um, I mean, I, that, for me, I want to get that yeah. into a sturgeon yeah. really bad. I know. I want really get... bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had endless requests for a fillet, um, and it's coming. That's all I can say. I don't have a set date, mm-hmm. um, but I've been working on it, and it's in the works. There's just a few other models and things that I'm focusing on uh, before I, I finalize the fillet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I released my mountain scalpel this year. Which is the lightest uh, detachable fixed blade. It's uh, it basically is my mountain caper handle in titanium, with the detachable um, point up front that takes the sixty um, XTs and sixty A blades mm-hmm. and seventies. Now I, I modified this new batch to accept the seventies, um, which some guys like for the rounded point. Um, but yeah, I have that, and then I actually am going to do two more. Um, handle designs for the detachable mm-hmm. one one that will accept um, handles and then one that is a slight variation on my EDC model uh-huh. um, so yeah I have those three that are being released um, and then I also am working on I just released some limited edition OVA centers where I take some really rare cool um, handle material and I'll put it on my most popular model which is the Ovis um, and this particular handle model is actually colored carbon fiber yeah I was looking at that when you posted that the other That's day That's tight dude it's so cool looking you know it's a carbon fiber is cool to begin and with, it's but then you still add a little lighter bit of than you could believe yeah. oh that is cool uh, but yeah I'm pretty pretty happy about those it's I only still have my favorite knife right here. <laughs> I love them I'm, uh, I only made 14 of these so it's a uh, you better get on Super it. Super rare one. <laughs> right. Um, and then what else do I have coming? I'm working on um, releasing a couple different models that are popular and in some different steels. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to kind of experiment with some other high-end steels. Um, and then I also, I'm in the preliminary phases of a folder. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been asking me for a folder and it's something I've wanted to do yeah, forever yeah, yeah. and, and uh, so I'm I don't know if it'll be this year but but we'll see um, and then the other big one that I'm working on is a kitchen knife um, a chef's knife to begin with for my kitchen line um, I get so many requests for that 
For just everyday, like, flatware or... Just, yeah, just for like a chef, basic, you know, seven to eight inch chef's knife for oh, the okay. kitchen for your all your general kitchen oh, yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been, I've, I've had a f- few prototypes of those over the years, and and uh, hopefully this year will be the year that I'm able to finalize and, and release that. Um, it's it's quite expensive to. Are you gonna to have do to bring on run. a crew to start helping? No, no, yeah. not yet. Oh, not yet. Yeah, I know. Everybody always asks when I'm gonna bring it help, but <laughs> I don't know. My my. Focus right now is to grow it as large as I can by myself, mm-hmm. um, and so far it's, you know, it's been good. Um, you know, down the road, I'm, I'm you know, never say never. I, I, I probably will bring on some help, but as of now, I'm just kind of, you know, doing my own thing and, yeah. and enjoying enjoying the setup that I have. For sure. Um, but yeah, so you know, my focus is to just continue innovating on the knife side of things and. Uh, you know, making the the highest performing knives I can. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a gear nerd. Right. Down That's the how it all started out, though. Just being yeah. a gear nerd. Yeah. <laughs> and right? so I I I love geeking out on stuff and and you know optimizing the edge geometry, so that you know us hunters can can quickly and efficiently process our animals. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm always trying to improve and and come up with new designs and. And take customer input um, and just make cool shit. Well, like for me, up until I had purchased your guide set two years, mm-hmm. two or three years yeah, ago, yeah. I can't remember how how long ago it was. I'd always I had like three or four different buck knives mm-hmm. in my pack at all times, right? And I don't know if you've ever held three or four different buck yeah. knives, <laughs> but like wait. It's like three and a half pounds of blades, man. <laughs> and and now you know, I mean, I, I rock one knife in my bino harness. Yeah. You know, because I when I originally got the I got all four because you had four knives. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and I found for me the the best knife that that I I've loved to use is is the uh, the mountain caper. You know, and it fits in my bino harness, and I can always have it there. Yeah. It's always ready to go. I mean, I think the first year I got it. I blazed through four and a half animals before it was like, all right, I need to sharpen mm-hmm, this knife. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was what I liked. Not only that, but I didn't have three and a half pounds of knives in my backpack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the mountain caper way? Oh, it's under an ounce, yeah. It's like so I had under an ounce of knives on my chest. Yeah. And that, you know, that got <laughs> Yeah. That works. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's... it's uh, I dig it, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I love the idea behind it, you know, ultralight knives are are so nice, because I mean, I end up, and you know, I end up, what, I, what I've always liked to do is I'll just, and this is back before I actually started investing in good gear, just tie a sleeping bag off to a Cabela's frame pack and, you know, go out and kind of brush some dirt away and sleep in the forest mm-hmm. and go from wherever to wherever. And being able to get rid of like all the extra weight and all that kind of stuff, so helpful. It makes such a huge difference, doesn't it? Though, yeah, yeah. You know, on that like six and a half mile pack out, dude. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know, you sub you sub out. You you minus six and a half or mm-hmm. you know eight pounds of weight. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. Yeah. I mean, you know, sure, an ounce or two ounces. Everybody's always like fighting for ounces. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, like. 51 pounds and an ounce and 51 pounds and two ounces isn't a big difference, but 51 pounds, 
difference. And 58 pounds? Yeah. Like, man, that's a big difference right there. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, and that helps. Especially when you're, you know, four or five, six miles in. Yeah. That's when it really makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that was—I mean—that was one of the original reasons I started Kestrel and, and saw a need for an ultralight knife was because there wasn't much on the market in terms of you know light knives. I mean, everything's always been pretty thick with obtuse edges, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a few custom makers that make some really high-end, high-performing knives, but for the most part, they're—they're they're all way too heavy, way too thick, and, mm-hmm. and the edges aren't optimized you know, for the, the, the kind of stuff that we're doing. Yeah. Um, and so that was one of the original reasons I started Kestrel was to, you know, help fix that problem that, yeah. that I saw. And I think I'm, you know, I think I've solved a, a lot of it. Yeah. You know? um, but for yeah. sure. Um, for sure. So what's it like being a dad? It's awesome, yeah. Because that's like kind of been your big your big milestone in the last year. Yeah, like sure yeah. you got on some great hunts and you got to do a lot of cool stuff, but like there's more going on in the family unit these days. Yeah, I mean, last year was right? the, yeah. Yeah, last year was the best <laughs> the best and, and worst year I'd say all in one. Yeah, you know having the birth of my son and then and then losing Jason it was all you know a whirlwind of emotions. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely a bright light in my life and it's, mm-hmm. it's getting cooler every day. You know, he's, he's just starting to walk right now and, and, you know, interact and say words and I can, I can ask him, you know, Hey, where's the deer? And he points to it or no way. Deer, where's the bear? And he points to it. Was yeah, so deer his fourth? Yeah. So his first word was mama. Second word, deer. Third word, dada. Fourth word. Or no, sorry. Second word was bear. Fourth word was deer. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's pretty. It's awesome, man. It, it just keeps getting cooler and cooler, and I'm so excited for Chad. You know, he gets to experience the same thing now. And, and uh, it's two weeks, under two weeks, under yeah. two weeks. Yeah, dude. Well, it's the due date. It could go over, but yeah, or yeah. it could be right now. I know. I think it's gonna go early. Really? I think so. She's get it. Definitely dropped lower within the last like three days. Huh. So it's definitely getting. Can, you can close. notice that. Oh yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, no, her, stomach, her stomach has always been, I guess probably the roundness was pretty even top and bottom, but yeah, no, I feel like now it's, it's more, yeah, it looks bigger on the bottom now, yeah. like the yeah. baby's going down. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Here yeah. I come, Dad! Yeah. We know baby's head down now, yeah. and uh, yeah, so it's it's close to time, man. Wow. I'm so excited, though, to just, you know, pass on the, the hunting tradition to mm-hmm. my son and mm-hmm. bring him out. I know it's still a ways off, but... You know, I, I, I tell them every day little stories and stuff that, you know, we're going to do or that I've done. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just can't wait for that, that aspect of it. I can't wait to teach your kid hunter's education. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'll be the one. You're going to do my kids. You're going to for that. That's right. awesome, dude. But yeah, it's it's amazing. And it's uh, a yeah, cool, cool gift. That's way awesome, man. I mean, it's... So my brother just had his... He had... I've got a... My brother's having another kid, my my immediate full brother, and then I have a half-brother and a half-sister. So my half-brother and half-sister, between the two of them, they've got nine kids. Oh, nine yeah. Kids. you got a big family. i got a lot of nieces and nephews. I shouldn't oh. say we got a big family. And uh, my my brother Nick, who's my, who's, my full bro- who's my full brother, 
he just, they just found out they're pregnant again a couple months ago. So they're about to have another one. Their first kid is, I want to say it's just over a year and like, man, that stuff is foreign to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm grateful every day because I look at my brother, my two brothers and my sister and I'm like, God bless all three of you because I just am not sure if I have to have children because you guys have 12. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like insane. between all of them, there's 12 yeah. children there. That is insane yeah, to me. That's a lot, dude. That's I, a lot of I kids. came from a big family. Yeah. I, had, I think we had, we had six brothers and sisters and then my parent, eight people living in a house. That's crazy. Growing up. Well, yeah. I hated it. That's yeah. why you're a fighter. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where it came know, from at five years old for all the food yeah, yeah. right yeah <laughs> but yeah man it was it's crazy yeah I definitely am not having a family that big mm-hmm. Mm-mm. not for me I think I max out at three yeah I think I'll do two two and three mm-hmm. yeah so you guys have one or you are you are already are you going for a second or yeah. are you waiting yeah. you're already going oh, for yeah. a second yeah. oh. I want to bust that out. Was up. One, it's like two, two big announcements. Uh-huh. Yeah. We got retirement money Mendez over <laughs> here and <laughs> Daddy Daddy father to be twice. <laughs> <laughs> just a baby maker these days. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, just a baby maker. You're either baby making or practicing. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's right. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I didn't know that. Congrats. Well, no, no, it's not. Nothing's, well, congrats yeah. for trying again. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, oh, man, that's just... Yeah, kids are a trip. They really are. It's something, something so crazy to experience. Especially, yeah. especially the birth. Yeah. Did you watch? I didn't want to, and then I ended up being a part of the whole no, thing. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you're you're doing gonna it. I'm not doing it. You're, you're not going to be going in the room. I'll be in the room. I'll be up no. there, pep, you know, pep talking. Side, you know, yeah, rubbing the shoulder. You She's going to want you right there. I'm the not hand. looking. Nope. I want to remember I cut the cord the way I remember it. Yes. That'll be the last thing in my mind. Forever. Be like, no, <laughs> seared into your yeah. brain. Nope. Oh mm. my god. <laughs> yeah, no. I told myself I wasn't going to, and then somehow I was. And then somehow magically there you were yeah. watching. Did the doctor yeah. tell you to go down there? Because Brian, that's what happened. He's like, I wasn't. No, going I actually had to help me. her like uh, during contractions, like arch up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's intense the whole experience. Oh, so that you kind of just. You know, oh, everything man. goes out the window that you thought was gonna happen, uh-huh. and you just just kinda, like ah. Yeah. <laughs> is it like is it like the movies? Like whenever it's just like crazy panic, just screaming. Uh like, no, not really. No. But I mean, I guess it could. It depends, could be, you know, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. it's, all of a sudden something happens, and they need to do a C-section or something. Mm-hmm. But um, you'll see. Oh God. It'll I'm nervous. Are you? I'm nervous because I just don't like seeing my wife in pain. You pain, know? Yeah. yeah. It's like. They forget about protector. Yeah, yeah. Like it, obviously, it's like it hurts, you know, before, during, and after. But I just it, have to realize this: it's a, it's a, it's a hurt, but it's a purposeful hurt. If that makes sense, like yeah. it's, it's not. Like a, it's like a. It's a hurt not from hunting. Yeah, it's not a hurt. Like things are getting damaged. It's a hurt. It's a natural pain. Like it's happening for a reason. You know. Yeah. Like it's an, it's happening because it has to happen. Mental tough. Not because something's going wrong. You know. Yeah. So I just gotta. Because I uh, I just hate seeing it. Are you like pre-gaming? Are you pep-talking yourself? Oh, yeah. Getting ready? Oh, yeah. You're like, all right, man, come yeah. on. 
I have to do like the morning, the morning minute warm up in the mirror. Like you got this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I just gotta, you know, for her, it's like she needs the confidence. Like she needs me to be confident. Where inside, I'm so not confident. (laughs) Are you reading like daddy books or anything like that? Yeah, read the books, and then she, you know, she's read, and I listen when she's reading out loud. Like if there's something, she's like, you should probably hear this. You know. (laughs) I'm like, all right, let's do it. You're all, let me sit down. Yeah, I got the daddy books. I got all that stuff. But yeah, I'm terrified, dude. But I got to be the confident one. So she doesn't know. And she probably won't listen to this till after. So, <laughs> so you're good. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be a whole different chapter. Yeah, he's got it. Hopefully you'll be getting some sleep. No, I know. At I, that point. I would imagine that's probably not happening. The first Everybody few months are pretty stuff. rough and then yeah. it gets better. I think you got to get the routine, right? Yeah, they're, I mean... Yeah, you'll see. Favorite baby you'll see night like <laughs> famous last up, like words. once or twice and that's it. I'm yeah, I mean, some are they're all different. Uh-huh. But, um, I'm just praying. I'm a good sleeper and Abby's a good sleeper, so hopefully, <laughs> baby's a good sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Yeah. Just slip your kids some mountain ups. Yeah. Slender, there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. We'll oh. see. We will see. That's so funny. That's crazy, man. So cool, dude. You got you got the kid on the way, mm-hmm. right? Fins and feathers is going pretty strong. It's doing good, yep. Doing good. What do you guys have? So as far as fins and feather goes, fins and feathers, and segueing out of, you know, uh, out of fighting. What do you kind of have? going on like what do you what are you guys envisioning what are your goals coming up so for me i have a few things i got a few things out there um obviously fins and feathers um as far as what we do basically is we we put together a full year-long schedule so every year we have um the the full year schedule is set like all the dates for each trip whether it's a utah mule deer or or you get waters oh bro sorry to catch you off no worries I've been sitting here looking at your empty so fucking water too. bottle like, Me too. dude, I know there's uh, a bin of water somewhere around here. It's warm, too. Um, <laughs> you didn't pee in these, did you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we put together the year-long schedule. So, for me, that's what makes it great is we have the trips, the date set stone. So, I can lay that all out. Yeah. And we put put whatever celebrities, that their schedules work Positioning. on those trips. Yep. And then, basically, at that point, we just book spots up. Yeah. And depending on what the trip is, you know, is what is dependent on how many spots there are open, you know? Yeah. Like our fishing trip. We do a big offshore tuna fishing trip where we... Is that the one down in Mexico? Yeah. You go I was out looking of San, at you that. That's Diego tight. And you go on to Mexico. Yep. Yeah. Um, me and my good buddy, Max Terry, he's an actor. He's going on it with me and then we're trying to get Dan. Dan Henderson did it for us last year. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm going to be on it again this year. I couldn't last year because of my fight. But So you and Max are going mm-hmm. together. Me and Max. Oh, that's going to be then, so uh, much fun. We have 13 uh, wounded vets that are going to come. The Fernando Foundation. Yep, mm-hmm. they, they bought a bunch of spots and they're going to send a bunch of vets. Which one? Which? <clears throat> it's the Fergozo Foundation. Uh-huh. Um, we just started working with them this year. Um, we've worked with uh, VSA in the past where they've sent some vets on the trips with us. And this is an awesome trip for the vets because obviously, you know, you're on a boat the whole time. It's a three-day trip. Um, you get a chef that's on board. will cook three solid meals a day, and then you get a bunch of snacks in between. Uh huh. Um, you know, you're drinking beers in the sun. Everybody's hanging out. You know, you're catching fish. 
big yellowtail tuna uh, two trips came out last year the year before we caught 111 pound bluefin mm-hmm. um, you know so you're catching tuna yellowtail we'll stop fill up the bags with uh, um, rock fish if there's like a little rock pile or something out yeah. there but you're just loading up with a bunch of meat you go into Mexico sometimes they're in US waters it just depends but um, it's such an awesome time yeah. you know everybody's like the camaraderie on the boat like everyone's there for three days you know, it's, it's a big boat, so you're not feeling, like, crowded or cramped ever. <laughs> um, just a good time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we do those those types of trips. We do hunting trips all over. Um, and if anybody wants to check any of the, the trips out or the, the schedule, it's finsandfeathers.com, and both fins and feathers is spelled with a Z. Um, so, yeah, you guys can check the, that stuff out. But for me, it's I put that whole schedule, me and my business partner put the whole schedule together, and then f- basically any gaps in between that is where I try to, fit in more of my personal stuff what you're going to do for Uh your hunting season Mm -hmm. so then which works great because i get content on both the fins and feathers trips my personal trips for all my youtube stuff yeah um and a lot of the companies i work with i can get cool creative content for them um for posting on social and then um i also have a jerky line uh oh really we do jerky and you can find all that stuff on the fins and feathers website as well Oh, really um yep so that's something that's, <clears throat> I try to keep a little, not so much low key, but I just don't try to blow it up too much. It's more of a mom and pop that does, mm-hmm. that makes it all for us. Yeah. Um, so when we, we start posting a lot about it, it, kind of, it gets kind of hard to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I do have. If people are interested in it, you can order it off of um, um, the Fins and Feathers website. Oh, cool. Um, and then also, um, dang, I had something else and I can't think of what it was now. Does that have to do with cooking? Yes, that's what it was. Oh. Cookbook. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah, me, Chad Belding, and Chad Ward. Uh, um, Belding owns The Fowl Life. He does a hunting show. It's an all-waterfowl hunting show. Oh. Um, and then Ward is a barbecue pit master champion. Just just completely insane when it comes to barbecuing. Works really? Trigger. Yeah. And uh, we're all three teaming up. We're going to do a really cool cookbook. Really? So we're going to try to launch it... Um, in November, like beginning of November, so it's out for holiday season. Um, and then what we're going to start doing is um, like events where, in my mind, this is how I envision it. So we'll probably team up with someone, someone maybe say in Texas that has a lot of property that need, you know, cold does or tons of wild pigs or yeah. something, where it's almost 100% or should be about 100% where someone could tag out. And we'll bring in people that... A, either never hunted before or just want to learn different ways to cook wild game. Yeah. We'll bring them in. We'll have them hunt, kill one of these animals. We'll show them how to process it, butcher it, pull different cuts. Maybe right there we'll make different types of sausages. Mm-hmm. But we'll cook it in a bunch of different ways for them um, and show them like some of our favorite ways to do it. Yeah. They can be a part of it. Maybe we'll pair it with some type of alcohol, have a nice little social event um, where they now they learn how to hunt. They learn how to process the animal. They learn how to cook it in a bunch of different ways and then have a good time just hanging out. How cool drinks. is that? So we're going to do some of those types of events. So it'll be like a full, I mean, from field to plate. Exactly, like a course almost. 100%. I mean, it's it's kind of, uh, for advanced hunters education in California, that's that's something that gets offered. Uh-huh. Um, and actually, I mean, I, I think this episode might get released after the broadhead shoot, which is... May 17th through May 19th. Mm-hmm. But like the Saturday of the broadhead shoot, uh, 
we'll be doing a blood trailing seminar to where the people that are in the blood trailing seminar and, and kind of showing like look for this look for that you know and then we'll end up coming up to wild pigs that will then butcher on the ground ground quarter put in meat you know put in our bags throw in packs so everybody that's there can understand what the feeling is to have a, having a loaded pack and then also you know throw in the fact that you might have camp or something like mm -hmm. that and then we're going to backpack all the meat from the animals to the grills and then we're going to cook See, I was actually I was trying to get Jeremiah yeah. from Field to yep. Plate he was supposed to come up here and he, I haven't got him to commit yet but no. he was going to come up here and do that with me yeah I've talked about um, doing this with him Originally, the idea that I just talked about was going to be like a fins and feathers course. Yeah. And what we we're going to do, because we get a lot of people that obviously, like I said, that have never hunted before. They yeah. want to learn, but they don't know where to start. And so that's why I was talking to you about doing the hunter safety. Absolutely. We could get a group of people that have don't have their hunter safety, have never hunted. We run them through a course with you. Mm -hmm. They get their hunter safety done. They learn all that stuff. Then we take them on their first hunt. Yeah. We get them a wild pig or a doe oh, cool. or something. Start to show finish. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a start to finish. Yeah. Like show them Fins how and feathers to do it all. Academy. Yeah, I think you stated that before. Yeah. Yep. With, uh, so, ben O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. We need to talk about that. But yeah. yeah, man, I think it's just. I think it would be something cool. And I know, um, um, Doherty's doing something like that. He's mm -hmm. doing. I don't know what he's calling it. Show yeah. him fill the plate course or I don't, yeah, sure I don't know what he's following I know he's doing something like that in he's Texas. doing it I think with advanced hunters education as well because I know that he plays a big role mm -hmm. with the hunters that or he plays part of a role with the advanced hunters education gotcha and uh, the r3 movement that's going on in Southern California mm -hmm. and and all that gotcha yeah he's definitely killing it on that I've talked to him a little bit he was at the Traeger launch yeah you talk about this and he's yeah like, and he's they're doing really well. I think he's selling out. Yeah. So I, I think it's something that, especially this day and age, where the, um, in the in the hunting industry, the the, the movement to want to eat wild game, the organic, the free range, like the people that are understanding it, understand how important that is, yeah. and they want to learn that. You well, know? And they want to get away from meat glue, and they want mm -hmm. to get away from. You know, you go somewhere to a store and they've got organics as a brand, but it's, it's not, not organic. organic. That's, That's funny. Just me and my brand wife were just talking about that yesterday. It's terrifying, yeah. man. Because she looked at it, it was celery yesterday, yeah. and it's organics brand. Yeah. And then she's like, oh no, she's like, That's the organic stuff. There's some right here that's not. Let's see the price difference. And the other brand was more expensive. And she's like, Well, why is the organic cheaper and I'm like it's not organic the brand name is that's organic the brand yeah. name. that's how they're selling mm -hmm. it it's like, so funny so yeah. it's not organic they're no. just calling it organics yep. and then it's okay that ain't right <laughs> nah man that shit is crazy but and well, you know something too what you're saying and I, and I think for us as hunters it's important to really look at is that like food and preparation of food and preparing wild game in a delicious manner, that is our best segue mm -hmm. into bringing new hunters. I mean, I have vegans that are hitting me up. Yeah. Like, one of my homegirls runs a, a, a vegan YouTube channel, and she's been vegan her whole life, and she'll never listen to this, which is why I feel mm -hmm. fine talking about it. But she hit me up the other day, and you know, I think her YouTube channel is like three hundred and fifty thousand subscribers. Wow. It's like uh -huh. mind blowing, uh -huh. right? And it's all vegan eating, blah blah blah, whatever. 
different recipes and stuff? Oh, yeah, all different kinds of stuff. But she hit me up the other day, and she's like, you know what? I want to eat meat. And she's like, I feel like I need to eat meat. Like, I don't want to buy my life. Where, you know, like, yeah, I'm a vegan. Yeah, I've been a vegan. But she's like, I know you. I've known you my whole life. I see what you do. I know your respect for the wildlife. Mm -hmm. I know what what you have going on. And she's like, I kind of want to do a vegan eats meat on my YouTube and I'm like, dude, that's insane. Like <laughs> that's, that's a huge step. That's crazy. But yeah. like, I, I, I'm like, part of me is like, dude, I, I'm totally down. But the other part of me is like, I don't know if I want to be blasted in front of that many people as a hunter <laughs> yeah. that are all into, you know, into a vegan community mm-hmm. because dude, pitch I mean, forks, here's the dude, thing. torches. You're right. You're right. And here's the thing. I mean, with the vegan community, I mean, I honestly have more respect for someone that chooses that vegan lifestyle and and sticks to it and isn't completely hypocritical yeah. of someone who does hunt. Like your yeah. choice your choice to be vegan because you don't want to harm an animal or take a life, like that's understandable. That's your choice and I sure. I respect that. Like it's not something that's easy. It's not something to take lightly, you know, you're taking a life. But I choose to eat meat and if I choose to eat meat something has to die. So it, I would rather go and know that it's a wild animal who's lived free and not sitting in a pen full of its own shit and piss mm-hmm. and not pumped full of all kinds of hormones and God knows what else. And gone through 50 to 100 yeah, different being, sets of hands. Exactly. Being shocked and tossed around with tractors. And like, I've seen some crazy stuff in the, yeah. in the um, Raw cattle. Fish. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd rather it be me going out, doing it myself, me being the only human that has touched this meat, yeah. you know, or my meat processor, which I use and I know and trust, Yeah. Um, I'm good buddies with, and you know, that to me, I would rather do that. I have more respect for them than the types of people that, like I was telling you earlier, who will go on Vicious. Uh-huh, and just yeah. leave the most ruthless comments. But if you scroll on their page, they have pictures of them eating hamburgers and pizza with pepperonis on it. And yeah. You know what I mean? Like those types of people I just have zero respect for. But the vegan community in my mind, if it's something they choose to do because of the fact they cannot take a life, like I have 100% respect for that. I don't sure. have any hatred. I don't have any like disrespect. Like that's, yeah. that's something that's honorable, you know? Like yeah. you just can't do it, okay? Like if you want to choose that life, like... Well, that, and then there's also, I feel like, and, and it's the subset of people that you're talking about, I feel like those are the ones that are also at the same time on the backside, they're like, oh, you choose to hunt? Like, I respect them. Mm-hmm. And they're they're kind about it. Yeah. They're not irate mm-hmm. lunatics. Yeah. You know? Sometimes they are. Sometimes they definitely but, are. But the ones that aren't, those are the ones that are, I respect, you know? For sure. I, For sure. Speaking of disrespect, so I got drawn for um, an Alaska moose tag. We were just talking about it earlier. Yeah, earlier, for sure. My buddy Pat lives in uh, Galena, Galena, I forget how they pronounce it, but tiny little town. Like his, it's his little gas station that he owns is the only one in the whole town. Like there's no restaurants, there's no nothing. Like these people, it's like a straight village. Like they live off of what they catch in the river and what they kill. Mm-hmm. So he's like, dude, put in for this tag. It's a trophy trophy tag, meaning if you do get drawn, you have to kill moose that's 50 inches or bigger, meaning the width of its it's big rack. Yeah. Um, he's like, you probably won't draw it, but let's start trying. Maybe you'll get lucky in the next few years. 
boom, that year dropped. <laughs> so I flew out there. Is that that lucky, that yeah. lucky Chad Mendez yes. luck? Yes, it is. I flew out there. We got, he had this, you know, a, I don't even know how big it was, 25 foot little skiff boat with a wooden cab that he built onto it out of two by fours, mm-hmm. not two by plywood, I mean, and two by fours. And uh, he's got two little cots in there. We jump in the boat, we head up the Yukon River, and then we cut up the Koyukuk River. It was like 150 miles upriver. We, we, before we get to the, the spot where I can hunt, it gets dark, so we pull off, we camp, and the next morning is opening morning. And we, we finally get to the spot where we can start hunting on my tag. And you know, we get out, we hunt, we hunt around all morning, about 2.30 in the afternoon, we come up on the slough. Well, that, this, that year they had gotten a ton of rain. So he's like, I haven't been up here in a long time. Uh, my wife's family has a camp. They come up and they'll hunt moose, but they're all subsistence tag. Like they're allowed to kill two or three a year, but they usually kill like the first yearling they see because it, it tastes better and it's way easier to handle. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a 2,000 pound animal. <clears throat> so we're, he's like, this slough that is right here, we, I haven't been able to take a boat up this in years. Like there's enough water. Let's just slowly creep up it. So we're cruising, it's like 2.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> we come around this corner and we just see one side sticking out of the tall grass. He's bedded off the river, right up above some brush, like up, up against yeah. it. And all we see is one side sticking out and we both at the same time see it and go, oh shit. <laughs> it kills the motor and it comes to a stop and we're like glassing and we can't see his head or body or anything, it's just one side. And he obviously at that point hears us, so he stands up and we're both like, holy shit. Yeah. And this thing's giant, just staring at us. But neither one of us had ever uh, judged a moose. Like, I'm sure a 40 inch moose would look huge to me, you know? And so it's sitting there like 50 yards, just staring at us. Oh my God, we're that like, close. Oh yeah, real close. Like, I could have killed it with a bow. And I'm like, do you think that thing's over 50? And my buddy, like I said, he always kills, he's killed a lot of moose, but he always kills like little bullwinkle, you know, yearling yeah. moose. <laughs> Because it's me. Rocky He's not a trophy hunter. Plug. Well, I, it has to be over 50. I mean, it's 49 and a half. I'm in trouble, you know? Yeah. And so we're sitting there for like 10 minutes, and this thing's just staring at us. And and we're both like, I don't know. He's like, I think it's over 50, but it could not be. I don't know, dude. So we're sitting there. Finally, he's like, he turns and starts to walk into the brush, and we got that backside view. Yeah. And both of us were like, Oh, that's over 50. <laughs> so <laughs> I end up shooting. Then he takes like a step or two and tips over right there. Snapsticks. Dude, that, we walk up to that thing and I'm like, this is the biggest animal I've ever seen in my life. Like, you like lay in huge. between? It was 63 inches. Holy wide. shit. <laughs> yeah. How tall and are I, you? 5'6". Uh, I don't know how many inches is that. Uh, 60, 66? What is that? Yeah. 66, huh? Yeah. So it's a little bit. So you could basically I could get lay it, up yeah, in that I spread, like, it, what's yeah. up? But, dude, I, it took us, like... Anyway, so this where I was going with this story was, so I shot this moose. I get it all back to the to, to Sacramento. I get the hide and the head up to my taxidermist. Finally get it mounted. I'm coming down from Yuba City. And, you know, um, I think I was on the 70. I think I was on the 70, yeah. Maybe I was on the 99. Anyways, it's a two-lane. <clears throat> and I'm driving this thing to the bed of my truck all strapped down. Well, this little, you know, the guy driving a Prius, and I'm not making that up. It, Prius comes up next to me, and this, I'm in the slow lane. They're in the fast lane, and it's this big old fat lady with piercings, like earplugs, tattoos, like nasty tattoos all over, and her husband's driving who's just as disgusting. 
and they come rolling up next to me and she's giving me the double bird oh, right as they're driving by and I'm like oh god here we, here go. we go and so I just you know just kind of keep to myself and I'm just driving and they speed past me <clears throat> well they end up hitting cars in front of them so they can't go any faster so I'm like trying to slow down purposely because I don't really want to get next to them again but eventually I had no choice and I end up like coming up close enough to them well I could see her start rolling her window down I'm Great. like oh here we go so I start hitting my brakes. Well, they slow down major, and they get like right in front of me, and she tossed like a 42-ounce cup of soda, just whoosh, hits my windshield, splatters all over my truck. Like I couldn't even see for a good three seconds. Oh, shit. And I, I was so pissed off. I wanted to run them off the road, you know? Oh. And she just flipping me off again, and they start weaving in and out of traffic and speed off. And I'm just like, what the hell? Isn't it so amazing that people are okay with having that type of behavior against hunters? Yeah, it's not acceptable at all. Like, yeah. like it's, it blows my mind. I mean, because I mean, I could find probably fifteen things to tell her she's a hypocrite. Like, yeah, if you're completely against hunting, like those leather seats in your car, where yeah. do you think that comes from? Yeah, like there's leather that's on your shoes. Where do you think that comes from? I I would bet on my house mortgage on it that they have pets like where do you think that food comes from you think that's yeah. you think that's made on trees you think that's ground up corn like there's dead animals in that meat like well, and or in that food not only that but like the negativity man yeah it's just, why why even present that negativity to somebody else in their own pursuit of happiness yeah you know what i mean and, and like sure somebody will say oh but you kill animals and that's affecting you know whatever pursuit of happiness and however but it's mm -hmm. like How how can we, I guess, how can we as hunters, right, how can we better inform people like that what hunting actually is and what hunting actually is representing and how, like California, and I talked about this on a podcast a while ago, California wouldn't have tule elk. If it wasn't for wildlife conservation, tule elk would be extinct, period. You know what I mean? The waterfowl in California is a direct result of, you know, California, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and wildlife management, conservation. Uh, so I mean, it's... These are all the things, though, that I was just going back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Like, there's always going to be those types of people that no matter what, the empathy they feel for an animal they don't know anything about will overtake any type of judgment. And that immediate empathy and and it, it almost blacks them out. Like they see a dead animal mm -hmm. and they don't want to think about any facts, any, any reasoning. Or benefit. Or benefit, nothing. They don't want to think about anything mm -hmm. other than screw you you just killed this beautiful animal yeah and the i mean i could break down like i said a hundred different reasons why being a hunter is a benefit to wildlife we talked about the conservation there's so many things that go hand in hand with being a hunter that they obviously they just have no clue about mm -hmm. i don't know what the best way to, would be to like inform those types of people yeah. but a, a person like that that threw that stuff on my truck is that small percentile that I was telling you about that will never want to learn. Yeah. They're just closed so they're closed minded. They're so they have so much hate and they they their reasoning and logic is just so far 
disconnected from reality that no, nothing no that I could no, there's all. nothing that I could have said to that lady that would have made her not throw that yeah. soda on my truck, you know? And it just sucked. And it wouldn't have mattered how nice you were about it either. No, uh uh-uh. Yeah, she doesn't know who I am. I could be the nicest person in the world. Yeah. Like I choose to eat meat and I want to fill my freezer with moose meat. <laughs> but it's because there's a dead animal in the so bed of my truck, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just I'll never understand it. Yeah. But I'm sure those types of people say the same thing about us. Like, why do they do that? I'll never understand it, you yeah. know? So to each their own, I guess. But the the showing of the hatred and doing absurd things like that doesn't need to happen. But, I mean, outside of the hunting, non-hunting world, we have that in, in so many different aspects of life. Religion, uh, politics, like you're always going to get those absurd people that no matter what it is, yeah, they're just off the wall and there's no reasoning with them, mm-hmm. you know? And I guess that's just part of the human nature of some people. You're yeah. just never going to fix that. Well, it's, it's, I mean, this might sound messed up. In, in my opinion, it's part of the fact, you know, just allow people to live that maybe would have gotten mm-hmm. yeah, exactly somehow weeded mm-hmm. out through the process of existence and evolution. Mm-hmm. And Rogan has really talked about this too. I've heard um, the the our society with social media now, anybody can say anything and do anything. Yeah. With with no repercussions. Yeah. yeah. And At it's all. like I think the generation is a yeah. social justice warrior. Uh-huh. And I think I mean that's going to be a bad thing. Like our our kids and like. You know, the kids that are right behind us, like the millennials, like living a lifestyle of thinking I can say whatever I want or do whatever I want. Like you can't do anything to me. These are the types of people that are going to be the downfall and the demise of the human race. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And like us, I feel like us as fathers, like and I think most people in the outdoor industry and the hunting industry understand this. But like we have to keep our children away from being that type of human <laughs> that train of thought yeah. yeah because the social media it it honestly is like there's so many negativity so much negativity and like so many negative things that come with being involved in social media like having it consume your life and it's like being an influencer i was talking about this with abby the other day like it's just gonna i don't want my kids to be on on playing video games 24 7 or sitting there you know, on their tablet or phone all day long. Like I want to spend family time. I want to do something like that. But at the same time, like my job is to be an influencer. My job is to be on social media. So it's like, how do I tell my kids like, no, you can't do this, but yet I have to do it. You know, like it's going to be a tough, that's going to be a tough road to cross when we get there, but (laughs) you got a few years at least. Yeah, that's true. You can plan for it. It might change by then. Hopefully there might not be social, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's true. It is true. And like, you know, social media is, 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 it's great and it's wonderful and it's terrible and it's horrible mm-hmm. all, all at the same, same time. time, man. It's true. Um, I've, because of social media, I've had so much opportunity arise in my life mm-hmm. to pursue my dreams and the things that I want to do. And, and, and a lot, I mean, sure, is it? A lot of it, my drive and the fact that I'm relentless and I don't give up and I keep going no matter how many fucking times I get knocked down, no matter what happens, like, you know, I will strive always to complete my goals as best that I possibly can, no matter what, you know, but 
at the same time, do you run into roadblocks? You run into negative people. You run into all these different things. And, you know, you were talking about stuff that, that Joe says about social media, you know, and, and something that he says that I've really been trying to uh, apply into, like, my social media existence, right? And, like, the best part about social media is, like, sure, you post on social media a bunch. I post on social media a bunch. You post on social media a bunch, right? But what I post isn't my life. I mean, like, part of it is my life, but there's so much more that goes on in my life, and mm-hmm. as I'm sure with both your lives, sure. that's always going on, that never sees the light of day mm-hmm. on social media, which I think that's, that's key. awesome. That's key. Completely I mean, key. Right? I think you have to do that. Yeah. I mean, the, there are some people that every waking second yeah. of their day is on social media. Yeah. And I have teammates that are like that. I'm just like, dude, how, like, how are your significant others like, even okay with this? Yeah. Like, you know, you're. Well, where's the privacy? The camera, in your life. like, always yeah. in your face. Like, get that thing out yeah. of here. I just want to like spend time with you. You know. Right. But yeah, it's, there's definitely a, a balance mm-hmm. yeah. of it all. That's for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, and something else that he says is just, you know, don't read comments. You know, and that's like. Something that I try, it's so difficult to not read the comments. Yeah. But, like, dude, my biggest thing that I try to do is just not engage. Mm -hmm. When there's negativity or when people are on the attack or when people are trying to do whatever it is they need to do, they feel they need to do to tear somebody down, dude. I just try not to engage, dude. And just maybe look the other way or, or whatever it is that I need to do. But just stay positive. Keep smiling. Keep going. You know what I mean? There's no, like... It's tough sometimes, it, for sure. It totally does, dude. It's totally... It, it totally depends on your day mood, dude. There's right? I'm already <laughs> irritated. Then I see something stupid. Like, so I got ah! a stupid comment. I'm like, oh, I want to say something so bad. Right? Yeah. But those... Like I said, the people... If it's not anything too absurd, I will try to inform. But sometimes it's just like... Like I said, like, hope your family rots in hell or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, That kind of shit makes me yeah, laugh so, sometimes, though, yeah, too. Because it's so like, absurd. you fuckers are so ignorant that that is what you have to say. Uh-huh. You have to go into somebody else's life that you know nothing about. You don't know where they come from. Yeah. You don't know, like, what they're actually made of as a human being, an individual, what their fabric of That's their existence crazy. is. Yeah. And you're going to come out and say some, like, off-the-wall keyboard cowboy social justice warrior bullshit mm-hmm. and like I'm gonna just ruin this person's day by yeah. saying dumb shit like come on blocked blocked <laughs> you're out of here hit the showers <laughs> hit the showers ejected oh, shit. ejected yeah. so I'm gonna open up this bag of peak refuel give me some of that yeah dude that's actually my favorite one this we're gonna one on our throw the spoons hunting. down <laughs> here you go I think I brought two or three of these on our backcountry hunt, and this this was my go-to. After I packed my buck down, uh-huh. or we packed my buck down. It's kind of gotten cold I, after two hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it looks good, sort of. No, it looks great. Yeah, awesome. I've completely switched to Peak Refuel. Um, those guys are super cool. Aren't they the and nicest guys? They're Bart, making, dude. I yeah. talked to Bart a bunch on the phone. Yeah, and they're making a great product. You know, it's, Seriously. it's clean. It tastes good. Get some of that done. It, you know, it just checks all the boxes, really. Yeah. You know, I, and I've been waiting for someone to come out with something like that. I know. Well, and not only that, but like, so right now we're eating the, 
beef pasta marinara marinara and I Ooh, threw away funny. the part that said how many grams of protein were in it but it's two servings I want to say it was somewhere upwards of like 45 grams of protein mm-hmm. yeah uh, 49 in the package 49 in the package that's an enormous amount of protein in one meal on mm-hmm. the mountain and you can say that, you can say all the ingredients and it tastes good right yeah that's really good yeah, no, like I was, no joke, I, was, uh, I would eat that, like, I would eat that up, put that in a bowl and eat that at home. I do. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, if I'm, if I'm hungry and I don't feel like, like, uh, have you had the chicken food? Alfredo one? I haven't had that one. Dude, it's, it's actually, like, bomb. Really? It's pretty bomb. you ate that one, didn't you? I think so, yeah. on the hunt? Joe, I gotta ask you, because you guys ate this on your California backcountry mm-hmm. hunt, mm-hmm. right? So like you know when you eat Mountain House for like two or three days, and you don't and like, poop for like a you kind of like smell Mountain House coming out of your pores. <laughs> yeah. Did you have that with this no. or not so much? No. no. What's great about this you stuff feel- is yeah, it doesn't have like the <laughs> preservatives that are in all those other ones. Yeah. Dude, I'm no joke. Like if I ate those for four or five days straight, you're done. I wouldn't poop for two weeks. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, I'd be so bad. Yeah. shit. dude, yeah. it was so bad. I, I stopped eating Mountain House like five years ago just because uh-huh. I couldn't stomach it, and it just you know it's it's funny. This like is we, we we train all year round. We eat well. You know, there's this whole train to hunt movement, right? And in eating well and everything, right? And mm-hmm. then we go on these highly demanding hunts mentally, mm-hmm. mentally and physically and we eat shit yeah like how, how does that make sense yeah it doesn't no like mm. y- you're not going to perform no, at even your cold you're not going to perform at your optimum peak level if you're eating shit right and mountain house is shit right right yeah so finally someone has made something that is good mm. and sustainable yeah Carries us through the it day. It was so obvious to me. I don't know why some of the other ones didn't do it, but oh, no. um, I think I'm pretty sure Mountain Ops is trying to come out with some. Oh really? Some meals too. I don't know how they are, but they better be good. I feel like I saw a picture of that, uh, or I saw something about something about that. But I think they're trying to do the same. Like they want it to be like less preservatives and like you know more less protein. Trash. Yeah, more tr- uh, less trash and more goodness. You know. Yeah. I'm curious to see what the flavors and like what the yeah. taste is going to be, but. We worked, out, yeah. we worked with a company called that that, that did Whole Foods mm-hmm. last year, right? And it was the meals were good, and we tried them in the backcountry. And and so, sitting in your office or like halfway through your day, and you need a good lunch, like that was that was a good. It holds you over. Mm-hmm. But in the backcountry, when we're burning five thousand plus calories mm-hmm. a day, mm-hmm. dude, it wasn't it wasn't no. gonna work, man. And I would have loved to have said that it would have worked. But like, and that's where when I that's almost a thousand calories you eat that whole thing, you know. Well, not only that, but like, you know, what I always really rely on is protein. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And having a lot of protein in my body. And I don't know what made me come to that. No scientists, no, no data of anything. But like, when I'm out there, like I know that I'm burning through everything. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest things that I feel like I need out there is protein to replenish my mm-hmm. body and. and Protein and carbs, in my yeah. opinion. Carbs are going to be what restore your glycogen levels. So, yeah. like, when you're out there hiking, you're burning, you're you're going through all your glycogen stores. Mm-hmm. Like, you do a sick, like, when we hiked all the way up to the top, killed my buck, hiked all the way back down, like, I guarantee we were completely depleted. Like, I felt, my legs felt weak, my body felt weak, mm-hmm. you know, like, kind of, like, like rubbery, around. yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you get that feeling like you're just kind of, like, floating after. 
Like you gotta restore all the glycogen. This is what I eat that night. And just all those carbs, there's a ton of carbs in here. We got 50 grams of carbs. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 59 grams of fat and then 49 grams of protein. Like that's that's what saved me. I, the next morning I woke up, you were sick, but I was ready to go again. You're all, all right. Yeah, I felt really good. <laughs> <in. laughs> yeah, this guy is bouncing around. This guy is a little mountain ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go glass for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go find something Where do you want to go? <laughs> that's so but, awesome. Yeah, man, I was, I think the carbs definitely play a huge part. And I think a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people, but sometimes people overlook that yeah. that part of it. They're always looking for the fat and the protein. Yeah. But carb, for at least for me, I know I'm more of a glycolytic athlete. Like I'm more of like an explosive yeah. athlete. The carbs for me, I deplete those pretty quick in all my training sessions and yeah. stuff. So I'm always trying to load up on that stuff. Well, and what I'm excited about with with this and something that I love to eat on the mountain because it just doesn't go bad, especially mm -hmm. in a ten day time period. Is I'll do a uh potato bread mm -hmm. right yep and a heaping amount of peanut butter mm. and salami and cheese nice and that sandwich will it, it holds me over so well so what i'm looking forward to doing is mixing that with that with sandwich some of that nice in a, in a day on a mountain and and seeing how much better i can perform yeah isn't it so crazy how when you're completely starving, I get this when I'm cutting weight, but like the thought of that when you're not hungry, most people will probably be like, oh, that sounds disgusting. Yeah. But I know, because I've been there a lot, and then when you've hiked and done all that stuff on the mountain, it doesn't, like anything sounds good. Oh, like, for sure. You mix everything and anything, and it's the best thing you've ever had in your life. All day long. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I would never sit here and be like, hey, let's mix mm -hmm. some salami and peanut butter yeah, and potato uh -huh. bread, and it's going to be delicious. Oh, it'd be great. But that's everything you need, dude. Uh -huh. That has ev It's a well-rounded mountain fat, meal. Carbs. Yeah. The one thing that I found that really works for me is having variety on mm -hmm. the hunts. Uh -huh. You know, I don't like the same bar every damn day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to bring, you know, stuff that I, I normally eat at home. I'll just, you know, whip up a, a couple different batches of different things and, and put them in plastic baggies. Yeah. Um, but having that variety really helps, yeah. you know, because then you kind of look forward to the next day and like, you know, you know, if you're doing surprise bags or whatever, then you have something different. Surprise you know, bags. Something, something crunchy, like something chewy, yeah. you know, having some jerky, having some cheese, like just different stuff. Like I've found that on hunts where I have like the same shit every day, I just hate it. You know what I mean? You don't look forward to eating. You go nuts. Yeah. It's just uh, the variety is key. I yeah. Think. Yeah, because it's already a tough time out there. Like, the weather, like, sleeping on the ground and hiking your butt off. It's cold. You know, in your case, you're sick. Like, you, all those things are already rooting against you, you know? Already making it a tough time. Like, throwing in the fact that you hate the only food that you have. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just one more thing that yeah. adds to the suckiness, you know? For so, sure. Making that something that is a positive or it's almost like that little boost of... Endorf endorphins like oh yes I get to eat something delicious yeah, you know yeah. it's just something that's going to give you that much more motivation and push you a little bit more you know yeah but yeah it's there was one hunt a long time ago we went into the uh, Trinity Alps and packed in and this was you know when we were kind of just first starting in the, with the whole backpacking thing you know mm -hmm. and campaigns came out with this book and and all that and can we uh, can we just recognize <laughs> that really quick everybody loves cam mm -hmm. haynes and where did cameron haynes get his goddamn backcountry backpacking hunting cali 
California Cali. B yeah. zone. Cali. Yeah. I, I yeah. love that nobody ever really the likes marbles? to point that yeah. out. Yeah. You know, yeah, he like, went south. Yeah. Uh, yeah, south is. I, I was just talking to him the other day. That dude is a beast. Yeah, man. South yeah, south is cool. Awesome. Yeah. When you know, we got back in there, and that was before we really knew about all the different backpacking food and stuff. And I remember we went to Safeway and grabbed like 10 packs of sausage. <laughs> we're like, oh, it's gonna be awesome. We'll fucking make sausage every night, yeah. Dude, by night three of the sausage, I was like, throw that shit out. I'm gonna go catch some fish because I cannot eat another fucking Adele's mango sausage. <laughs> and to this day, it's like, oh, dude, I can have like tainted for yeah. life. <laughs> fucking sausage fest out in the, yeah. in the mountain, in the backcountry. Oh, dude, I really want to go do that. Uh, B-Zone with you guys sometime. Yeah, B-Zone, we're doing that. This, this year it's out, I think, with the sheep hunt. Like, yeah, the sheep hunt kind of... Well, which we didn't touch on that. No, we're, that's, that's where we're going now. <laughs> sheep hunt! Yeah, so... Back to Chad drawing crazy Back tags. to Chad Money Mendez <laughs> being money money. So tell the story. What, so, <laughs> what really happened? Let's talk about this. Dude, so I mean, I've been doing... So we have our Fins and Feathers booth that we do here at the SAC show, the big um, hunt expo here. Um... And then we also go to Salt Lake City every year. Mm-hmm. It's the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo. And, I mean, we, I've been going to that probably the last six years. And I've, they have a draw there, or like a, um, basically like a show raffle. You can buy, you know, uh, what is it? The every, sportsman's tag. Yeah, it's right? a sportsman's tag. Every species you can basically, for every unit, you can buy five a, a $5 tag. Well, it's a like a like a raffle ticket basically for each one of those. Yeah, and then I mean I've been doing it for six years, never drawn a single thing. And they only give them out if you're in attendance. Yes, you can at only get it. You have to like I can go online before and enter, but if I'm not at the show, you have to actually go there, give them your ID. They like run it, and they'll print out. They like they like check you off. Okay, he's here, and then they print out your receipt, and it has all the tags that you put in for. Hmm. Well, this year was a great year for me. Um, and so, <laughs> I don't know, it was what, two weeks after the show? How, how yeah, long after two that? Weeks two after weeks after the show. Um, I have some friends that are coming into town from Utah. They have a newborn baby. They were coming to visit. So, um, I was trying to put our car seat in the, in our car so that they had, we were going to pick them up from the airport. Well, that way their baby could have a, and so I'm sitting there, I'm getting, I'm trying to figure this thing out. My first time ever doing it. And Nate keeps calling me. I'm like, God, I'm in, I'm like in the middle of doing something. I'll call him right back. And he calls again. I'm like, and come on, Nate. And I'm like, getting frustrated with this. Yeah, because I can't figure this stinking thing out. And uh, Abby's like right there over my shoulder like, oh, you got to do it this way. And I'm like super frustrated. <laughs> Finally, he calls me again. I'm like, Nate, what's up? And he's like, dude. He's like, you need to check your DMs. <laughs> he's like, so-and-so just said you won something big and you're not going to be disappointed. I'm like, what? I'm like, all right, I'll call you back. So I call, and I go straight to my DMs, and it's somebody I don't even know who it is. It's in, like, your request. Yeah, yeah. Shit. it wasn't yeah, yeah. in my actual DM. So I go, and I'm like, I don't see anything in these, so I went over to that one, and I, it's the first one, and I'm like, who, I don't even know who this guy is. And it's a screenshot, and it says, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, like, trying to find it, all of a sudden, I'm just like, no. Holy shit. And then I just start losing it. Like, Cussing so loud, and there's like neighbor kids outside. My my wife like shuts Sitting the door. Yeah, yeah. My wife shuts the door in the car because I was getting so excited and like cussing. Like 
She just like, you were yelling the F word so loud. <laughs> yeah, we just, I just started to yell on the other oh. side, man. I was Dude. like, shut yeah. the fuck up. So it said serious. desert. It said uh, Zion unit, uh, once in a lifetime desert sheep tag that I won at the show for $5. <laughs> so this will be your second <laughs> sheep hunt. First sheep hunt, no. Well, I'll take it back. I've done the tendoy mount. I didn't get one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, second sheep hunt. First real sheep hunt. First real sheep First hunt. real sheep hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and now I've already told you plenty of times. If you need, if that spot opens up, you just let me know. <laughs> I'll definitely keep you posted. Yeah, dude, I was so pumped. I like ran in my garage. I grabbed a Coors Light, chugged, smashed like, it, it on your head. We got on, we got on the, we got on four way with with Max and our other buddy Demi, and we're just all screaming. Demi is the nicest guy on the planet. Mushroom wizard, by the way. Yeah, we're going sheep hunting, boys. <laughs> Dude, it's gonna be so epic. We're gonna um, we'll be taking the Kuyu Sprinter van down there. Yeah. Little cash, D money. We're gonna bring cash. Hopefully, yeah. he can come down. Well, um, I want to go set up like a base camp. Maybe do like a big wall tent or something. I don't know. We'll yeah. figure that out. But <clears throat> just hunt from camp and hopefully find a new state record. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. So you know what, dude? I think it's achievable. Yeah, we. One hundred and ten percent. I mean, the only other de- the only other sheep hunt I've been on, we shot the record. So yeah, it's true. Oh, the goat, you mean? Uh, yeah. Goliath. Oh, Goliath. Dude, that thing is insane. By the way, I just put that on my Instagram story. But dude, that I mean, I remember holding it in Jason's basement. Yeah. But seeing it all together now on a full mount, yeah. mm-hmm. it doesn't even look real. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't it insane dude. looking at it, dude? It's yeah. huge. And and I'm gonna interrupt and just say. His balls are immense. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're 12 years old, right? Yeah. He's a big man. man. And I, I remember uh, at Sheep Show two years ago when mm-hmm. Jason walked in. Yeah, yeah, he brought it to dinner. And, <laughs> and had the skull with him, mm-hmm. and it was salted, and it was just like... I was standing there yeah. looking at it with Jake, like, are you kidding me? Dude, it's insane. That, that thing is, is so crazy. Yeah, that... That I still think about that hunt all the time and just the way it played out. Well, not only that, but maybe you're the good luck charm, Nate. I never thought of that. There's so much that goes into the story behind Goliath that, I mean, obviously it's not my story to tell, but the years and the effort mm-hmm. and the energy and the hours and the devotion and the passion and the love and everything that went into that whole entire animal and then obviously to go into Jason harvesting it is just mm-hmm. yeah you know. the story really is unbelievable wow. it's so cool that Cash was there right <clears throat> to be able to like experience that with his Cash dad. called it that morning too I remember we were uh uh, we were calling it Cash's Pit Crew because it was Paul Bride making the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and then me and I was getting his breakfast ready, and then Jason would be putting his boots on or whatever. <laughs> Cash, I remember that morning. He's like, "Today's the day, Dad." No way! No way. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Ah, oh, I gave me the chills. <laughs> right? That's awesome, dude. Right? And of course, it happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was. That kid has such a bright hunting future mm-hmm. ahead of him. He's just such a smart kid. Man. He is it's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going sheep hunting. Sheep hunting in Utah. We're shooting the new record. Booyah. Utah, give me two. 
Utah. Utah. Yeah, right? <laughs> so what else? Any other any other hunts? Are you doing any California hunts? Any California hunts? Any yeah, I mean, everything's kind of up in the air. I'm going to see what I draw. Yeah. Um, and then my blacktail hunt will be put off just because I'm going on the sheep hunt. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably get out for that afterwards. Um, and then bear later in the season. Because as, as Cali... California hunters, we need to shoot a bear every year now. Mm, yeah, everybody, talk about a disaster. Everybody needs to shoot their bear. And it's hard because they're mainly out when you're buck hunting. Everybody needs to shoot I think a bear. It's kinda, they, need to, they need to figure something out. Yeah. We need a spring bear season. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I would love for that. I don't know if I do you know how many excited bear. hunters there would be if in spring you Oh, it would be around. so fun, an excuse to get up in there. Because we, we don't get to do any, any kind mm. of mountain stuff in this There's spring. There's nothing. Like, Turkey Except for turkeys, yeah. but turkeys, I mean, yeah. turkeys don't count. It would be so they fun count, to get, up, they don't count. get up in some of that country <laughs> yeah, and yeah. have a reason to do, you know, to be up in there. Yeah. yeah. I'm really surprised they have, I mean. They're going to have to do something. Well, something. As far as I know, there's no official statement from DFW, but I know that a lot of tailgate parties that DFW wardens have, there's a lot of discussion about a lot of problems yeah. with a lot of bears. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully that... And hopefully that materializes into something in the hunting in hunting's favor and in our favor and better wildlife mm-hmm. control and, and population management. I mean, even and all if they that. did a, a two season tag to increase revenue, like a spring season tag. Yeah. If you don't shoot anything in spring season, you have to buy another bear tag for the fall season. Yeah. I mean, I would personally do that. I'd buy both. In a I know there's a lot of people that would probably be irritated and pissed off about that, but if it comes down to raising the revenue to help. With conservation, like I would totally do it. Yeah, right? What is it now? Like six to seven hundred less bears get shot now. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. So, so we have a quota every year. Yeah. Our quota when we when we were running dogs, we were hitting our quota every year. Yeah. So twenty thirteen when we eliminated dogs was the first year we stopped hitting. What's the quota? Quota on one is say eighteen fifty. Oh, really? Is that high now? Eighteen hundred and fifty <clears throat> bears, and. We have only been hitting, I want to say, between like 900 to 1,200 bears a season. Mm-hmm. So we're in a, in a major... Never hitting the quota. You know, mm-hmm. shortfall there where we're not hitting the quota. So how many, how many sows is that leaving alive that are, you know, repopulating with mm-hmm. how many? And how many of those offspring are having offspring and having offspring? So now we have this, you know six-year gap going into six-year gap with you know 500 bears left on the mountain every year that's i mean 500 bears in a year multiplied by how you know call it that's not to mention yeah the five it's not saying that that's only 500 left there's the full population plus the extra 500 that we normally that are still having cubs Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and are they having two are they having one like what are the you know what percentage of that that's being oh, left is, is females? Because it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's like well, not a lot of people know that that bears kill deer. You know, like the the, the general population. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't realize that that that. But know, they, they kill more than just they, deer. They kill all different kind. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, everything. But. But yeah, but I've seen so I have a crazy story about a bear killing a deer. <clears throat> it was uh, archery season, opening day. We used to hunt up at Shaver Lake, where I, up in D7, where I grew up hunting. Mm-hmm. We would boat to the back of the lake, and then get off there and then hike in. And it was like an old PG&E plant back up in there, but there was this really big meadow. And like, I killed a buck out of that meadow. Uh, my dad's killed a buck out of the meadow. We've seen some really big bucks. I've missed some really big bucks back in there. Well, it was opening day of archery. Me and one of my 
wrestling teammates who was younger, too young to hunt. I think he was like 10. He was going back there with me. I split up with from the adults. We're hiking up this dirt road and we get all the way to the top of the dirt road and we're like sitting there and I'm just kind of like looking around listening. And the little kid that was with me was like, there's something under that tree right there. And I'm like, where? And he like points it out. And I'm like, look at him. I'm like, what the hell is that? It took me a second to realize what it was. And I'm like, look in. I take a step forward and it was a bear that was hun- hunkered down. And as soon as I took a step, it jumped up and took off through the trees behind me. And I'm like, there's still something right there. What the hell is it doing? So I walked over. It was a big old four by four buck. Perfect velvet. Yeah. Mature deer. And I looked, there was no marks on the vitals, like nothing wrong with its head. The bear just eaten one of the ass hind, like the hind end off, just on one butt cheek. And I'm like, what the hell? Like this is a fully mature buck. Like, I didn't, it didn't look like anybody poached it. Like, there was no, like, gut shots anywhere. Unless someone would have shot it up the butt, maybe. That's the only thing I could think of. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, this was a full, like, a mature black bear. So I, we, like, left it there. I came back the next day because we didn't, I didn't have a bear tag. I went and bought a bear tag. We came back that next morning. And we hike all the way up to that road just being really quiet this time. And I looked where that deer was, and the there was a bear. That same bear was dragging it through the trees, and I could hear it snapping stuff. So I'd like crawl down there and look, and I'm looking, and I, I have a clear open shot just on his vital. So I pull back and I shoot, and the arrow goes higher than I thought. It hits a branch and just deflects mm-hmm. down. Well, it spooks the bear. That thing takes off running, and then a giant golden colored, like cinnamon colored one. I would imagine it was a male and a female. The male comes running out to the side, like. Bigs, probably like 300 pound, I'm guessing 350 pound boar. Nah. And he runs up the hill and so we haul ass up the top and I knew exactly where he was gonna come out and we sat there and just waited, waited. 20 minutes goes by and sure enough, he walked straight out. And this was before rangefinders or anything. I was right, you know, 13 years old. I didn't have a rangefinder <laughs> back then. And I'm like, ah, oh, he's probably 50. So I pull back and I use my bottom pin. I think I only had the 50 yards. And I shoot and it lands like three feet in front of him. (laughs) And he just runs off. But um, yeah, I don't know if those bears to this day don't know if they killed that buck or like what happened. If the buck died and then they were just wrapped. Maybe, but dude, it was a beautiful, probably 26, 27 inch, four by four, good mass, perfect velvet. Just like, what the hell? (laughs) We see so many bear when we're hunting now. I mean, it's insane. usually more bear than deer now. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Right. Hopefully, you know, full circle back to what we're talking about. Hopefully, they introduce something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some sort of solution. That would. I mean, a lot of guys would get out for a spring season. You yeah, because then you're not. It's not conflicting with your buck hunting season. Well, yeah. and I like what you said too. You know, you introduce a second bear tag, so you, you do a spring tag and a fall tag, yeah. taking care of two things. You're keeping the population down. You're creating more revenue. Yeah. And the state and loves the deer population gets right? better. You know, I mean, you look at you look at. We give out two deer tags a year. I know, and yeah, it's <laughs> like true. that's we give out two buck tags a year. You can get two general buck Isn't tags that crazy? a year. Like one of, it's us, and I think Idaho, and maybe one other state are the only states in the in the west or western hunting yeah. that do that. I mean, that's just the telltale sign that our conservation, like the the. Our system is a little ass backwards. Yeah. Well, not only that, but like how many units are selling out? Yeah. Units are selling out Mm -hmm. left and right, you know? And I mean, at least here. So how much revenue is that? I don't think they, they're so 
accustomed to having that income that I don't think they could eliminate mm-hmm. that because it would sacrifice too much of their budget, mm-hmm. especially with the fact that California hunters are, you know, less and less and less. It's true. You know, they rely on that income yeah. so heavily. It's insane. But that'd be a good way to increase more revenue yep. we all just, day long. We just yeah. fixed the problem. All day long. So fishing game officers are listening. Let's make it happen. No, they're listening. <laughs> they listen for sure. I know they do. Yeah, that's, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd, love, I'd love that. I'd love <clears throat> it. You know, the question is, do they do it publicly and announce it, or do they just let it happen and slip it into the regulations? Just slip it in. Yeah. Because if they did it publicly, that's, that's it's doomsday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, my God. I had to. I yes. had to. <laughs> Thank God for that. Oh, just slip it in. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Memes, man. And that's Memes. just the tip yeah, the of tip. the problem. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, this is so good. <laughs> Getting delirious now, boys. Right? <laughs> right? Oh, man. So, speaking of deliriousness, this is the exciting part of the podcast. We have a little bit of fun, and that's not butt cheeks pounding. Uh, what is that? Um, What's the fun? Dead eye, the dead eye question. So I got two questions. Cool. Right, there's nervous. two of you. So I'm going to ask both of you both questions. Both of the questions. Sounds good. Okay. Because I don't give a shit. So the first question is and if you guys know this one, all right, that sucks. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> but if you don't know this one, I'm really really excited. It's it's almost addicting. <laughs> so I'm so nervous. What is this going to be? <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh-huh. Um, so after everything I say, right, if you, have, if you have someone who's an alcoholic, right, and they love to drink, right, they're addicted, right? So if you have someone who loves to smoke pot all the time, and that's all they do, they're what? Pies. They're addicted, right? So you're just going to say addicted, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So when someone, when hunters love to hunt as much as we love to hunt, right? They're what? They're not addicted. They're addicted. No. Yeah, they're addicted. (laughs) Upset. Upset. Oh, God. (laughs) They're fucking with your So, I know. You're totally fucking with all of it. (laughs) So, okay, you take a heroin junkie, Right. And they're, they're strung out, right? What are, they, what are they? Addicted. They're addicted, right? So when you guys were out hunting in the backcountry in California and something fell in both your hands that night, what <laughs> fell in your hands? <laughs> no? No. You ain't going to say it? No. Gone. Addicted. Yeah. A big buck. That didn't work. That didn't work. What it the hell? It was worth a shot. It was worth a shot. Ragging out those memes, man. <laughs> So, oh, shit. if you guys had to be attacked, right? Yeah. You're going to be attacked by animals. Would you rather be attacked by duck-sized horses or horse-sized ducks? Duck-sized horses. Duck-sized horses <laughs> yeah, all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I mean, I'm talking flocks. Oh, I, duck size oh, horse. Like, I guess would that be herds? That's That'd fun. be a herd. Yeah. No, a horse sized duck would fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Rack, rack. Yeah. like if you ever been chased by a goose, they're scary. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they fight hard as hell, yeah. dude. You've been bit by a duck or a goose. Yeah. 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 It'll make you bleed. Yeah, yeah. it's no joke, yeah. man. 
So, so horse-sized ducks. No, duck-sized no. horses. Duck-sized horses. Yeah. Uh, yes, duck-sized bunch horses. Of little, bunch of little horses running <laughs> around that yeah. yeah, micro horses for sure. So, speaking of, speaking of little tiny horses, have you ever seen like the, the, the little tiny ponies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The Shetland ponies? I don't know what they're called. Mini horses? Little, yeah, yeah, little tiny they're, horses. I heard they're mean, yeah. Bite. So, if you guys ever get the chance, there's a 1950s western called The Terror of Tiny Town. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it's a bunch of midgets riding around we, on can we, horses. Can we say that word? <laughs> Is that not politically correct? I don't, I don't know. think so. <laughs> no, that's, uh, I think they prefer small little people. people. Yeah, <laughs> little, little people. people. Is that how it goes now? <laughs> yeah, oh, well, maybe I'll get in trouble for that one. <laughs> but The Terror of Tiny Town. 1950s phenomenal western. Oh, you I'm should watch it right now, dude. <laughs> you're all, you're all, I can't be on this podcast. This is too much. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. Dude. All right, man. So you already said people can look you up on YouTube. Yep. Chad Mendez YouTube channel. Yep. Chad Mendez on Instagram. Yep. And do you have an the, S, not a Z? Do you have the the blue? I do, yes. Verify oh, verified. verified. Man, I'm that's verified. some boss ass shit. <laughs> that's that's the little people who can't get that. That's, that's like the serious only hunting business. guy that's verified. Yeah. Really? One of them, yeah. I don't there's not many. Yeah. I don't even think Renella is verified. Meat eater I don't think yeah. is verified. None yeah, of that's this. crazy. I don't yeah. even know what that means. I didn't, my yeah, it's kind of a weird it. thing. My I think the UFC did it for me. Yeah, probably. probably. Uh-huh. I don't even know what that means, but yeah. What does this mean? <laughs> so, and then is there any other way? Fins and Feathers Guide Service? Yep, Fins and Feathers Guide Service. Dot or, com? Or just, so Fins and Feathers, uh, at Fins and Feathers Guide Service. Uh-huh. F-I-N-Z, oh, by the way. With yeah. Z's. Fins and Feathers Guides is our Instagram handle. Okay. Finsandfeathers.com is our website. That shows our uh, schedule for two thousand for each year. 2019 is up right now. Yeah. You can also click on the trips tab and it'll kind of give you a description, show you some pictures from each one of our trips that we have. Um, if you're interested in booking, there's a tab you can click on the schedule page. It'll shoot us an email, let us know yeah. what you want. Um, I do have Twitter and I have um, Facebook as well, but I'm definitely more on my Instagram and YouTube yeah, for sure. than anything. For sure. And then Nate, what about you? Um, I'm mainly on Instagram at Kestrel Knives okay. um, and then KestrelKnives.com. Cool. Yeah, come buy a knife. Cool. Well, you know, right on. I appreciate it. You guys have any concluding thoughts before we wrap this up? That was a damn good podcast, man. We touched on so much. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. It was, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Thank you uh, to Kuyu for letting us use the office. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us on, dude. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And, and last question, I promise. Oh, here we go. What's your favorite piece of gear? Piece of from gear. from this last year, what was your favorite piece of gear? <laughs> oh. My blow up mattress. <laughs> I thought you say his blow up dolly, bro. Nate's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? I'm like, dude, yeah, I think we forgot horses. to touch on that because we didn't go. We're going on horses. I'm. We don't have. He to brought a store. real like a guest. It's a twin Sleeping size mattress. blow up yeah. mattress, and I bought a really lightweight. It's a pump that's like the size of a, I don't even know, like put a two batteries in it. Yeah, and it, so it didn't weigh anything. But I'm like, I will sacrifice the six ounces that this mattress weighs for a good. I think it was night like six sleep. pounds. 
<laughs> it wasn't that heavy. You were on horses. Dude, maybe he took out the whole side of the TV with his eight-inch mattress. <laughs> it was that much higher off the ground. He's like looking down yeah. at me, dude. We were sleeping. He's in his bed from. Yeah. You want to know the crappy part is that it wasn't. Even, I didn't even sleep that good, even with that. Like, it's rough, man. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed about that, but no, nah, that wasn't my favorite piece of gear. I'd, I'd say probably, <laughs> that was probably the funniest. Those glassing mitts were pretty nice. The what? The glassing mitts. Oh my god, that hands down, actually, yeah. I didn't even think of that, but that was for sure my How favorite. How did yeah, and and the hands? The Kuyu glassing mitts mm-hmm. are worth their weight. Nate saved my life yeah. on that because he grabs them. He's like, what do I, I need these for? He grabbed them on his way to meet me for the hunt. He stopped here. Were those the down glasses? The down yeah. glasses, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I, would, I wouldn't have been able to do it, dude. Yeah. I don't know what I would have yeah, done. Those things save your hands. It was so cool. cool. I used the glomets this year, and, and they were nice. Yeah, but similar, I, right? I feel like maybe the uh, glassing mitts might have yeah, been. Yeah, they're just so light, you might as well bring them. You yeah. know what What else, too, is the little Kuyu um, butt pad. Butt pad, yeah. Dude, I've been, I use that uh, on all my turkey hunts this year. Oh, just really? throw that yeah, yeah, down yeah. by the tree. Yeah, slides, <laughs> slides in between the, the yeah. bag and the frame. Uh huh. Yeah. Dude, that's so awesome. I think for my for me, my two standouts were the Peloton ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. Right over your Merino one. And they just re released that or something, didn't they? Or? Yeah, I think they were out of stock. I feel stock like I just got an email. Yeah, they, I think they were out of yeah. stock. But yeah, that ninety seven is absolutely amazing. Um, go, I put it over my one twenty five, and wear it all day basically. Yeah. Um, and then my other favorite was my camera, my, my A7R three. Yeah. I, I love documenting our hunts and taking pictures and and everything. So we did that, get some good pictures from yeah. that trip. That's some good stuff. So I'm, I'm getting better trying to be uh, channel my inner Paul Bride. Paul Bride's <laughs> a savage. <laughs> he yeah. is a beast. That guy is just like blows my mind, dude. Yeah. Talk to me. He's so, like, oh yeah, we're on a ten day hunt. I took thirty six photos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all he takes. They were all the right photos. Exactly. <laughs> he knows, yeah, and he's so humble about it too. You know, he's just like, no, I'm, I'm not that good. Like, yeah. I really no big deal. Yeah. He comes on the sheep hunt. That would be so cool. I hope. He yeah, does. yeah. I hope he does too. Right. Uh, Paul, he's calling you out. You better be on that sheep hunt. Come on, yeah. Paul. Yeah. We need right. some of your magic content. Right. Cool, man. Well. I guess that's that. That's a wrap. Thanks, Thanks for guys. having us. Yeah, we'll do. We'll have to do another one after uh, after the sheep hunt. Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website, Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.